Podcast, uh, the first issue in volume 11, issue 501, where we are going to cover the Punch Out series. Uh, I am Brian Edwards, and joining me in issue 501 are Ben Cartledge. Join the Nintendo Fun Club today, Mac. <laughs> uh, Mickey O'Croder. Yay. <laughs> good, good Gabby J there, Mikiel. <laughs> and Ryan Zhao. I'm going to opt out of doing any impressions, as it might come off as kind of uh, racially dicey, I think. So uh, I'm just going to say hello. <laughs> well, welcome, and thank you for being here. And uh, as I said right at the beginning, we are going to be talking about the entirety of the Punch-Out! series. Uh, primarily, uh, I guess we'll be discussing five games, essentially, um, uh, spending more time on some on some of the the more i guess more well-known entries in the franchise um so what is punch out so i had originally written down a 2d boxing series developed by nintendo but as ryan uh suitly pointed out it is kind of 3d we'll talk about that in a minute players assume the role of little mac as he attempts to win his way through several circuits of fighters in order to become the ultimate champion as far as genre goes it's kind of a sports game puzzle game boss rush combination i think that is probably Fair, yeah. maybe rhythm game too. Like that's what know. people say, uh, right? Rhythm yeah. game. Yeah, rhythm game is a bit weird because it's not exactly like you know, it's it's not like a dance dance revolution or anything like that. Right. Yeah. And you know, it, it to a lot of to a lot of games where you have to respond to uh, enemy attacks and counter them, there is a rhythm to those. But yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's really interesting. It does kind of blur the lines, and and what I found uh, from talking to people, not just in the Kane or in Slack, but just throughout um, just gaming in general, is that you either seem to really jive with these games or really not jive with these games, which is kind of interesting. Because we're going to be talking about so many different games in the franchise, we're going to be running through a lot of different things. I figure it's probably best to start with our own personal histories up top. So, um, Ben, uh, one credit, Ben. Um, I guess we'll start with you. What's what's your history with the Punch Out series? I know that I have watched a lot of documented footage of your history with the Punch Out series. So, so where where did you begin? I mean, I hate to even say this, like it's Captain and the Game Master, mate. To be honest with you, as like a youth growing up, because <laughs> right. I saw like King Epo, and I was like, "What the hell's this guy?" Yeah. I had no, I had no <laughs> idea. And then like um, my first in terms of actually getting a play here, one of the series was a friend of mine. I went to him. Um, I went to high school with had a uh, he had an NES, but like a bit later on, uh, and he kind of bought it a bit cheaper, like with a lot with a lot of games. And he had kind of punch out, and we played a bit of that. Um, this would have been, oh, I don't know, maybe ninety two, ninety three ish in that kind of neighborhood. Mm-hmm. We had a load of other stuff, and we were heavily into kind of the Amiga as well at the time. So it was kind of a bit of a, I don't know, it's, it was kind of a bit of a novelty for him to buy that then. It was like when I bought a Saturn in about 99, 2000, do you know what I mean? It was, uh, kind, of, right, yeah. it was kind of how good it was then when you could buy cheap last generation technology with a load of stuff and not a lot of money. And I, I, I enjoyed it, you know what I mean? But it was always kind of a, a thing that we did before we played like longer stuff on the Amiga really, kind of at the time. Um, and it wasn't till, I want to say, the last bit of me being in high school, so probably 95-ish, 95, 96, I, uh, I got um, a Super Punch-Out on the, uh, on, the, on the SNES. I think I swapped a couple of games for it. I went to a shop that did that and swapped a couple of games for it. And yeah, I got pretty obsessed with it, to be honest, in terms <laughs> of I played it. Uh, it's one of the first games where I remember, and was we'll talk to with like the, 
difficulty kind of curves. Like I became aware of the fact that I, I couldn't really blag my way through through it. Really, I couldn't really bumble my way through it. You know, like mm-hmm. I could. Yeah. You get to a point yeah. where you can kind of just about brawl your way through, and then you you hit a, you hit somewhere or someone more to the point where you're like, yeah. unless I've got a specific way to read what's going to happen here. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get wasted every time. And that time for me was uh, was on Dragon Chan. I remember getting stuck in him for for days. Mm. But once I kind of, I had that breakthrough moment of figuring out how he worked and the mechanics of him. It kind of, it's like that thing. Like once you figure out that out, once you unlock the ability to be able to do that, you know. I didn't play as much of uh, Punch Out on the Wii, obviously, because round about when the Wii came out, I was kind of. Um, I was kind of busy PC gaming and uh, pirating DS games, to be honest, making sure McKeel didn't get a Christmas <laughs> bonus at Nintendo. So, um, so I, I kind of didn't play as much of that. Yeah. I um always been a big boxing stroke combat sports fan, really. Mm-hmm. I'd played a, a few different kind of boxing games. I'd played Heavyweight Champ on the Mass System. I'd played like um, Final Blow and other things like that. And I'd always mm-hmm. wanted a, a game that would like, I don't know, kind of att- attached with really. It's also interesting to hear you say that Dragon Chan was your stumbling block, too, because we have a correspondent later who who had a very similar experience. So that'll be interesting to get to. Um, as far as my own personal history, uh, we got a NES um, for Christmas when I was like four years old. I don't I don't quite remember it. Um, and uh, we had a few games for it. We would we, we, it was big renting culture back then, especially where we were. Um, there weren't many stores that carried games, but there were a couple of video rental places that you just rent games at. And I remember um my brother and I uh, renting uh, Mike Tyson's punch out at the time for the NES and we got it home and it had that feeling of kind of like the first time you played Mario three or the first time, maybe legend of Zelda to mm. just compare to a stuff where we'd been going to the rental shop and just getting game after game after game. And then every once in a while you'd get a game and you just instantly knew it was better than all the other things you've been playing. You know, it just felt better. It looked better. It just was one of those like just feelings. And, um, we we just couldn't put it down throughout our rental. We were so annoying to our parents that um, we we managed to con them into buying it for us, and um, and that was kind of it for me because um, I would wager to say that um, you know if we get to the uh, to the end of this uh, this this shuffling off this mortal coil and they've kept stats throughout my lifetime, I would guess that Mike Tyson's Punch Out is up there amongst the most played games I've ever played mm. uh, as far as just our count. Um, so when we had a Super Nintendo, uh, Super Punch-Out came out. It was on my radar. I, we, I, I, I can't even speak to whether or not it was day one or anything like that because I was a teenager and I'm, I'm not quite sure. I, I would, didn't even understand release dates at that time. You just went to the store sometimes and there it was. So um, we ended up getting that uh, when it was relatively new. And then I got Wii Punch-Out as just post-college grad um, on the day it came out. And my familiarity mostly is with the console versions of the game, although I have played the arcade version of punch out not super punch out we'll talk about that in a minute but but yeah just kind of have been an avid fan of the series for just about as my entire gaming history so ryan what about you yeah my first uh, exposure to punch out was actually in animal crossing oh, as one cool. of the uh, little nes consoles that you could get from uh, entering certain codes into uh, tom nook's i don't know his, his storeroom where he kept all of his video games in the back yeah, I, I had never really grown up around NES systems. I never owned one myself. And so, uh, yeah, it was I, back in uh, 2001, the end of 2001, when I got Animal Crossing, that I first played Punch-Out. And um, that was one of the 
I think that and um, Balloon Fight really kind of stuck out to me as like the um, the games that I kept coming back to time and time again. I was never very good at Punch-Out, and I wouldn't say that I am even to this day, but uh, it was always kind of intriguing. You know, even if I never got past, you know, the first few rounds, I was um, was really intrigued by the by the gameplay, certainly, and also kind of the style of the game. Like it looked like nothing else on the NES, and uh, it, mm-hmm. it really felt unique and special i i bought the wii game when it went on digital sale on the wii u um they mm-hmm. they came out with like a couple of wii games like right when they were kicking off the digital wii game sales uh they they discounted a couple very very deep discounts i think it was metroid prime trilogy and um punch out or something like that but i remember picking those up because they were so inexpensive that it's like you'd kind of have to be crazy not to (laughs) also had had not played super punch out until i emulated it for this um for the preparation for the show so that was Mm. a fresh experience Uh, yeah i'll talk about that more later mckeel uh how about you was i know um like the nes um not necessarily the most um, popular experience in European marks at the time. Were were you perhaps one of the people that was involved with the Frank Bruno's boxing situation, or, or how did you come no, to punch out? No, no, not 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 at all. Um, oh, okay. I was actually um, I've said this on previous occasions, but I was actually very surprised to find out many years later that the NES wasn't very popular in Europe because uh, I oh, had really? one, uh, and a lot of people, a lot of kids uh, that I knew had one as well. We were one of the first ones but especially like leading up the last two years before the super nintendo came out the uh, nes around my way was a fairly popular console and the prices of the games were coming down and uh, you know it was uh, a lot of people were picking uh, picking it up but uh, yeah we in 1990 uh, we got our nes from a colleague of my mom's Uh, she worked at the toy store and her colleague was uh, selling his NES with all the games that he he had bought with a store discount, uh, so he had about forty plus games, forty plus cartridges. Uh, he wanted to sell all that to buy a Commodore Amiga because he uh, he made music as well. So we bought it off of him, and Mike Tyson's Punch Out was among those forty plus uh, forty plus cartridges. Yeah, before that, I had actually seen uh, Super Punch Out in the arcades, and I might have been aware of the existence of uh, Mike Tyson's Punch Out on the NES already. And I did note on, for example, you saw in the attract mode, you saw Bear Hugger, and I mm-hmm. did note on that sort of yeah, it had that Nintendo style to it, that sort of ni- Nintendo uh, '80s cartooniness to it, uh, and which is not surprising, of course, because. Uh, Shigeru Miyamoto was responsible for much of the graphics and the character design of the uh, Punch yeah, Out games. Yeah. Bear Hugger looks looks a bit like Bluto out of Popeye, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that, that's absolutely. Sort of, uh, I was going to say sort that. That's sort awesome. of cartooniness in there. Yeah. yeah. So I did notice note on that whole similarity and that whole style that Nintendo ge- Nintendo games seem to have for me. Uh, and when we started playing Punch Out, it wasn't very long after we got our NES and we went through all the, all the cartridges. And it was like a couple of you have uh, noted before that it didn't really look like other NES games. You know, the sprites were massive of the uh, of the uh, opponents, and yeah, it just and we'll get into the the game of course uh, later on. But it, it was uh, it was also one of those things. And Ben noted on this with Super Punch Out that. Uh, at first, you start sort of button bashing, but you, but you don't really get anywhere, or at least not beyond the first two fights. 
And then you s- sort of hit a wall and you start need to, f- to, to figure it out and find out how to beat all these guys. And it took me a long time, but we really stayed at it until we reached Mike Tyson. And uh, yeah, he's just a major step up in difficulty o- over even Super Macho Man. Yeah. Because just the speed and the devastation of his, uh, of his punches. You know, and if you, of course, if you knew about Tyson in the 80s. It seemed to make sense if you would see how he would make short work of opponents in the ring. <laughs> right, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and, and because of that, because of Mike Tyson being the final boss, also it, the, the whole game gained this sort of legendary mythical uh, status almost, right? Like uh, it felt like it was more than just a game when you were playing it. It, mm. was, uh, it made a huge impact on me. And fast forward to when we had our Super Nintendo and uh, Super Punch-Out came out around the same time that uh, Donkey Kong Country came out. And it's sort of Donkey Kong Country sort of stole the show for me. And I mm-hmm. I looked in magazines and it looked really, really good, actually, Super Punch-Out. But I was already, I don't know, I was playing on PC by that point a little bit already. And uh, my attention started wandering off to other things. I just had a, had a girlfriend for the first time. And I never really hopped on Super Punch-Out until much later when I rebought a Super Nintendo and found the cartridge for relatively cheap somewhere in a second-hand store. Uh, and I played a bit with it and enjoyed it, but never really pushed through with it either. And then finally, Punch-Out, we... I was working at, uh, as, as, as Ben has already alluded to, at the <laughs> Nintendo of Europe at the time when that came out. Uh, we worked on the website for it. And I was, of course, I had a lot of uh, affinity for the game because of my history with especially Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. So I was uh, getting myself involved with that and uh, making sure all the info on the website was correct uh, about the boxes and all that stuff. All in all, all in all, just a series that I do have a lot of affinity for, but uh, especially with that first 8-bit NES game, yeah. Like any other good story, I guess we'll start at the beginning. And Punch-Out originated as an arcade game, um, something that I was only familiar with when I became an adult. I remember I went to, um, we never had an arcade in my town. Um, when I went away to college, we had a, we had an arcade in that town that I went to. And I remember seeing a Punch-Out arcade machine that wasn't a Play 10 machine. It was the, or Play Classics, whatever that one was, uh, mm. um, with the NES version. It was an actual punch out arcade game and i couldn't believe it um i ended up playing it and getting absolutely wrecked uh, yeah. <laughs> but we'll talk about because it it's very different um but punch out arcade came out um in japan february 17th 1984 um north america in march of the same year and then the europe in july of the same year um produced and created by genyo takeda whose name is going to come up a lot um as we talk about the punch out games uh, kind of the creative force behind the game he was also the main designer and as alluded to before, um, the artist, the main uh, sprite artist on the game was Shigeru Miyamoto, and the composer of the music was Koji Kondo. So kind of like the Nintendo Mount Rushmore right there. Um, a lot of involvement in the Punch-Out! Arcade game. Um, it was a hit in all regions for Nintendo. This is according to Wikipedia. Um, in G- Japan, Game Machine listed Punch-Out! on their April 15, 1984 issue as being the second top grossing upright cockpit arcade cabinet of the month. And when you play that game, there's Little Mac was not a thing at the time. It was um, you played as Challenger, um, which had he had a face on him when you when you were on the the like the upcoming bout screen. But when you were on the actual play field, it was just a wireframe, a green wireframe. So you could actually see the enemy fighter through the body of the character you were playing. That was pretty neat. The game only featured five fighters, uh, Glass Joe, Piston Hurricane, Bald Bull, Kid Quick, and maybe my favorite name of a fighter in <laughs> the series, the Italian, whose name is Pizza Pasta. That is so crazy. <laughs> 
and, and this just alludes to so that was a, a little I'm laughing at that but we're going to get to that in a little bit with the the kind of the, de- the depictions of different racial stereotypes within the game which which is something that has been talked about a lot and, and yeah. we'll get to that but I mean really it, it is very encouraging to see uh Mr. Pasta break from his family legacy and pursue his real <laughs> true dreams. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Can you imagine, uh, yeah. you know, last name's Pasta and, and telling him you're going to go be a prize fighter. That's a difficult conversation to have with with old grandma and grandpa Pasta. <laughs> you got to talk to. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that was it was succeeded almost almost immediately, which shows you how quick they were able to really churn out um, the kind of modifications to arcade boards at the time. Um, because in the same year, September of 1984 and then October in North America, um, they released Super Punch-Out Arcade, uh, which, according to Game Machine, uh, once again from Wikipedia, in their ni- November 15th, 1984 issue as being the third most successful upright arcade unit of the month, um, had different fighters uh, in that game. Um, uh, the fighters, again, just five, but the different fighters were Dragon Chan, uh, Great Tiger, Bear Hugger, Vodka Drunkinski, whose name was later changed to Soda Popinski to suit the family nature of um, Nintendo for the console versions, and Super Macho Man. So I guess I'll just ask you guys, did you have any experience either at the time or recently with either of these arcade cabinets? Um, I'm going to start with Ben, just because, Ben, you literally sent me a picture yesterday of you playing the Super Punch-Out arcade game uh, in person yesterday as the day of this recording. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was up at Arcade Club in Barrie uh, in the UK, which is like the largest, uh, it's the largest arcade in Europe. Um, and uh, yeah, I was just, like I say, do what I normally do, play play. Golden Axe and Ghouls and Ghosts, such a creature habit. And then just uh, have a wander around, see if they've had anything new, see if they've changed. Because they change the layout quite a bit, obviously, as you might imagine, with, with kind of different things. Um, yeah, and uh, I went up with a couple of friends, and we had a few games of Karate Champ. And then I walked around a corner, and there was, yeah, there was a, a Super Punch-Out machine. And I was like, wow, like I'd, I'd never it's, – it's new for them. Like it wasn't there last time I went, or it was maybe it was maybe hidden away. Like I hadn't, I hadn't kind of seen it. And I thought, well, I've got to play this now, right? The the crazy thing that got me about it was like um the uh, the button layout was really weird, really really mm. weird. So you had like a joystick in the middle. So if you imagine like you're facing like straight into the screen, you had a joystick like straight in front of you, and then oh, okay. like uh, if that's the middle of a clock, right? You've got left punch at like ten o'clock, and then right punch at two o'clock, and ah. then you've got like a super punch button that's at like three o'clock, but more far across. It's, it's so strange. So hmm. so so, and you. That's interesting. Yeah, and you couldn't duck either. Like I'm pretty sure you couldn't. There was no thingy about 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 duck. It was really hard. Um, huh. And you start fighting um, Bear Hug is the first fight. Yeah. And you fight him, and then uh, I beat him, and then Dragon Chan wrecked me <laughs> predictably, predictably enough because he didn't have any of the tells. I thought this will be dead easy, and then he didn't have any of the tells he had on Super Punch Out on the yeah. snares, and I was like, oh, okay, now nah, I'm done here. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, then he. Uh, yeah, then he front kicked me in the face, but um, <laughs> it was—I I was really impressed with it, to be honest. Like I say, I had, I had, it was one of those things where, in in an environment like that, when there's all these machines and they're on kind of free play, it's, I'd say it's very rare you play unless there's a game that you really know you want to play and you enjoy. You play loads of everything, but I played that a couple of times and then went off and played like I don't know, like APB or something, or or hard driving, so mm. I could talk to Michaela about it. And then like um, <laughs> I did play hard driving actually, and then uh, well, and then I came back and I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna have another game of this. I had, I, do you know what I mean? I had a couple of. Uh, I had a couple of runs at it because I thought to myself I've got because I couldn't beat Bowger at first like um because same thing he like he didn't have uh, he didn't have any kind of tells he didn't couldn't get out of the way of certain stuff but I, I've played right. enough times to beat him and then I was like that's that's cool I'm happy with that but yeah I was really nice. impressed with it to be honest it was like a it was uh, just a lot of fun you know how about uh anybody else any real memories or experiences with the arcade game 
No, just that I saw it and I f- uh, found it very impressive to look at. And the, the funny thing also is, uh, I don't know if we've said this before already, but uh, it comes with two screens, right? It's a double screen yeah. kind of thing. And I think the uh, story behind that is that they actually had a lot of uh, access monitors that uh, they needed to, to use uh, Nintendo as their sort of uh, arcade endeavors were already winding down. I think oh, that's pretty much the story behind it, yeah. Which also made it always made me wonder why was there never ports of the arcade games on the Nintendo D, uh, Nintendo DS? You know, like uh, yeah. yeah, of course, because yeah. they would probably be pirated by Ben. But uh, <laughs> of course, <laughs> yep, that that's true. Yeah, Bring I mean, it yeah, about, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you you'd almost expect to see like a, like a compilation cartridge or something of the yeah. uh, Punch Out arcade games on the DS. Um, Ryan, any any interaction with these? No, not the arcade versions. Um, yeah. But to go back to the uh, arcade classics uh, purchase that you you mentioned, does that feature both screens? How, how does that See, work? On I don't the Switch? know. I okay. I haven't I haven't played it. I really I actually it was one of those things I was gonna try to mess with it a bit this week, but I just never got around got to it, it. Got it. I did I did read though, in a number of places like doing preparation for the show that this it kind of became one of those. Um, difficult to emulate MAME type of situations just because of the two screen mm-hmm. feature. And, and so any version that you end up playing on MAME is kind of doing the work for you at, at combining those screens. So you're not getting the same experience, but I mean, that's just kind of the same way with, with any other um, MAME situation, you know, they get as close as they can, but, but it's not the same as, you know, looking at those two big screens. Yeah. There was a big inspiration on the on the NES game, which we're going to get to uh, a couple of minutes, just because of the size of the characters they were able to, to portray. I remember the uh, first time I played the arcade game and just kind of coming up and, and seeing those controls and just having, even if it was just Glass Joe come out in front of you, you really felt intimidated by the size of those characters. Yeah, and they did Pretty. something with the, with the spread, spread scaling as well, right? Because they start yeah. out in the corner smaller, and then they walk up to you and they grow in size. It was, uh, it's pretty impressive to look at alex 79 uk from on the forum says my first experience of punch out wasn't actually with punch out at all it was enjoying frank bruno's boxing on the amstrad cpc cpc which i didn't discover until years later was a direct ripoff or or a reskin of punch out and once again steve norman from the forum says if i want an 8-bit boxing game it will always be frank bruno on the spectrum but what i soon realized when i became totally obsessed with punch out featuring mr dream on the nes classic mini is that it's not really about boxing at all it's about rhythms and patterns and while i had fun becoming the champion in its mad boxing world that's only a small part of the reward and finally beating it i've had a quick go on the follow-up snes classic mini but a few years on i'm still not ready for that level of commitment again now that i know what i'm in for as wonderful as it may be i didn't get a chance to try to emulate it this week i have never owned a commodore or an amstrad um or a spectrum um have any of the three of you ever touched frank bruno's boxing yeah i have i streamed it ages ago like oh really yeah Yeah. (laughs) what did you think Uh, yeah and do you know what i Probably played it as a kid, um, realistically as well, but just not to any, not without any. And plus, I was what, like five or six at that point. But uh, yeah, even at that age, I was knee deep in piracy, so I'd have had it somewhere in some kind of <laughs> in some kind of unmarked suitcase full of cassettes with like labels on them. But uh, but yeah, I, I streamed it. I did a spectrum. Uh, I did a spectrum like special live stream ages ago where I played like Minder and a lot of other funny stuff, like stuff people would cool. expect, like like Manic Miner and then stupid stuff like Jack Charlton's fishing. Um, and I stuck uh, Frank Bruno's boxing on. And the, that's the thing with these games is to try and beat the first couple of people, you know. And I remember beating. Uh, once again, I beat uh, the the bear hugger type character, and then uh, yeah, then Dragon Chan turned up, and I was like, "Oh no, this is pretty. This is pretty bad." 
But yeah, do you know what? It didn't play that bad, really. I imagine um, for for like it was easy to control with keyboard, obviously at that point. But um, I uh, for a game at that time, um, it's yeah, it's it plays fine, you know. Like it's everything you did. It's not. It's like you'd expect a game like that almost to be maybe a bit unplayable. But um, it was quite mm, responsive, right. and I, I get the feeling that if I put. It's one of those things that if I did put time into, I probably could have beaten it, you know, like, because it, it seemed right. like it seemed tough, but fair. Like, and I think for me, that's a, a real hallmark of uh, this entire series, really. I think hmm. there's there's not there's n- none of the games on the list that we're going to talk about. I would look at as being unfair, you know, like in terms of irrespective of how long you put them, put into them, you'd never be able to beat them. I think right. like, uh, and I, I, I felt the same with this. Like it was really tough because I didn't really know what I was doing, but I figured out a couple of mechanics early and, and understood the fact that in a similar way that I beat Super Punch Out and the the, the series mechanics reminded me of that. Like I could, yeah, right. it's, I, I think it's doable. But overall, yeah, it was cool. a, it was like a slightly uh, <laughs> a slightly politically incorrect uh, bit of uh, home computing fun, really. Yeah, well, that's awesome. I um, uh, I mean, maybe not the politically incorrect the- part, but the, the fact that you uh, you had a history with that because I I was completely unaware that that was a thing until doing the research for the show. So it's something that I'm now have committed to memory. Like sometime this year, I'm gonna abuse my Twitch channel by uh, by streaming some of that game. Yeah. <laughs> I just gotta figure out how to make it work. <laughs> So now I guess we'll move on to the NES version of the game, which um, I think we're all uh, much more familiar with, which is Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! or Punch-Out! featuring Mr. Dream for the NES. Uh, Developed by Nintendo R&D 3, published by the same company, Nintendo. Uh, Toon Skatoon says, a lot has changed since I played Mike Tyson's Punch-Out 30 years ago. Obviously, the game no longer features an ear-chomping convicted rapist and pigeon enthusiast name in its title or final stage. And the blatantly racist stereotypes parading around the virtual rings in this game are not as easy to ignore. However, Punch-Out's design is still a sweet science all its own, disguising what is really a rhythm action puzzle game behind a pugilistic facade that creates a one-more-try game loop I find as addictive now as I did when I left my NES running hot overnight between the Soda Popinski and the bald bull fight back in the 80s as to the sprite work it's obviously racist and also as impressive as anything i can think of from the 8-bit era including super mario 3 like a lot of artwork there are visual flourishes in the game the hyperbolic eye bulges the use of scale the articulation of space in a 2d world that deserve to be preserved and closely studied but also probably need to come with some kind of disclaimer or trigger warning so that people can come to this masterpiece of a game on their own terms um, yeah, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, the sprite work in this game is is frankly, it's almost rule breaking for the NES, um, as, as we'll get to. Then we get to Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, which was originally released October 18th, 1987 in North America. Came out roughly a month later, November 21st in Japan, and then about a month after that, December 15th in Pale Tor- Territories. Um it's What's interesting to say is that Minura Arakawa uh, went to a... Tyson fight in the United States. And this is according to Wikipedia and according to the designing for video, which was linked in the in the show notes where he saw Tyson fight in person and became kind of obsessed with him and kind of a fan of like, hey, we we want to put his face on a game. And he was also probably and this is this is hyperbole at this point, but um, like kind of revolutionizing the heavyweight fighting game at the time. Um, You'd you'd be able to speak to this a little bit more than I would, Ben. But he was kind of that celebrity boxing needed at the time because it had been years since Foreman and 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 kind of he was he was the new young face of modern professional boxing. So Nintendo became very interested in him. So they signed him for a license for three years. But then after that license expired, um, it was rebranded simply as Punch-Out and re-released in the U.S. and Europe in 1990 and 1991, respectively, according to Wikipedia. 
they replaced Mike Tyson with Mr. Dream, which is now how, how it's referred to as a punch out featuring Mr. Dream, which is the version you will find on the Nintendo Switch online. There are a lot of physical copies out in that in the wild, too, because it, it sold quite well. That's all the virtual console releases as well. Joe Bobonobo from the forum says, My introduction to this series was through the Wii Virtual Console when I had some spare money and decided to try out the NES original out of curiosity. I was pleasantly surprised as I usually struggle with enjoying titles from this era, but this was a really delightful affair, being less a fighting game and more of a puzzler. Learning how each fighter operates, anticipating their attacks, and taking advantage of an opening made each fight a unique experience and tested your memorization in a fun way. The sprite work is among the best the NES has to offer and really makes the cast of characters you go up against some of the most unforgettable opponents out there. I was never good enough to get to the end, though, and if I remember, Mike Tyson was not in the Wii Virtual Console due to the controversy surrounding said boxer. Even though it was challenging, as so many NES titles were, it was never in a cheap way, and as such, I was always up to give it another go. It was one I always meant to go back to, but I obviously got distracted by either a newer title or life events. Absolutely one of the true classics of the NES, in my opinion. So it was rebranded, as I said, as Punch-Out! featuring Mr. Dream, August 2nd, 1990 in North America and August 15th in Europe. Uh, Reviews were fairly high. Uh, It was hard to find kind of the normal review sources we go to. Um, An outlet named CVG gave it a 94%. Ace gave it 920 out of a possible 1,000 points. And as far as user reviews on IMDb, it has an 8.1 out of 10 out of 651 users. Uh, As far as sales go, uh, as far as we know, by 1988, according to Wikipedia, it had sold in excess of 2 million copies. One of the two NES games to reach that sales milestone that year, along with The Legend of Zelda. So not bad company. Not bad company to be in. So before we get to uh, some of the more problematics with it, and we've already had uh, not just ourselves, but a couple correspondents uh, speak about the nature of the sprites. Let's talk about the sprites themselves and just kind of the visuals of the game. In my own opinion, both in the 1980s and now, they still are above and beyond what you would normally find on the NES or in other 8-bit um, games. Yeah. Um, I, I, wh- what do you guys think about, um, when, when you think of Punch-Out Sprites, Mikhail, what, do you, like, what comes to mind when you think of the 8-bit art style of Mike Tyson's Punch-Out? The fighters were massive, of course, the opponents. It's, it's very clever when you think about it, because if you look at the uh, arcade game, which undoubtedly served as, uh, at the very least, its inspiration, right? You had a, a boxer that was roughly the same size of the opponents, barring a few exceptions. But uh, you had a wireframe, so you could properly observe your opponents and see you know, what, what they were going to do and respond to it. But they couldn't do that on the NES, the transparent wireframe thing. They made your boxer very tiny. Little Mac, there he is. Uh, which is amazing, because of course, that could never happen in actual boxing as uh, as a as with many things that goes on in these games. But, uh, you know, just the weight class is, of course, ri- ridiculous. The differences in, uh, in weight class. But it also makes it really comical because I remember when we were playing it at first, like just when you, not even doing your star uppercut, but when you have to punch up towards your opponent's face, Little Mac has to really outstretch his arm and sort of hop up almost to reach yeah. their chin, you know? It's it's really funny to, to look at. And then, you know, when you do your star uppercut, the, uppercut thing he needs to take a massive jump and he doesn't even he looks in the opposite direction when he does it he looks away from the boxes it it looks so clumsy and so funny at the same time (laughs) it's uh, aesthetically very impressive but also may it's so important for the gameplay overall just how large those boxes are which 
it, it really helps with just absor- observing their patterns and their behavior and, mm-hmm. and observing their tells and, uh, you know, properly responding to it. So it's kind of a, a, a perfect storm in that sense. Your small player character, like you said, the introduction of Little Mac, who is now everybody's fi- everybody knows him from Smash, right? That's what, that's how kids that's how kids know Little Mac today, yeah. right? They, they yeah. from Smash. Yeah, it's the guy with the boxing gloves from Smash. <laughs> so he was a small little character. You had Doc Lewis as your uh, you know your coach and your 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 fighter. Uh, your excuse me, your your um, off the ring kind of trainer, and it really was the same background for every fight. Um, they would change the color of the mat. They would change the color of the rope sometimes, but um, but reality it was just kind of a static background. You had your health bars in the back. You had to kind of crowd that was alternating different colors to make it look and you had um super mario as your referee and that was pretty much all you saw um so those enemies the the fighters that you're fighting against kind of became the main scenery of what of what you were playing as far as uh, the music goes, there really is not a ton of music. Uh, I, f- I th- remember the music very well just because you hear the same music all the time. There's the looping track for the fights. There's the knockdown theme, the opening title theme, and the theme where you kind of run out of continues and fail. And then uh, the title bout jingle and then the, the separate intro fight jingle. So each fighter will have a different kind of like four bar track that will play as, as they come down to the ring. But other than that, there's not much else. Um, for music mm. and then and then there's the sound effects which i honestly think are a huge part of the experience that kind of wow 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 where you do the super punch and yeah. the interesting thuds and and kind of uh clicks i love, when your th- I love body the blows. Uh, sound effect for ducking like you do double tap down and it's a sort of bassy do it doesn't yep. you don't associate normally that sign of sort of sound effect with a with a duck but it's uh it was very satisfying to do to yeah. time that right for example yeah i think the music's really important in terms of the 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 contrast between the fight music and the uh, uh, opponent's been knocked down music. Because the opponent's mm. been knocked down music is the most major key upbeat theme in the entire game. In a funny yeah. kind of way, like like it's dead positive, but it also builds kind of tension because the second the enemy kind of gets up, like it, it stops immediately and then switches yeah. back into the main theme, which is a more kind of yeah. minor key serious kind of thing. So when you knock somebody yeah. down, it's like a thing of like, it's like you see in real fights, you know, like you see that the when the, a fight's happening, somebody gets knocked down, like the the sheer excitement of the guy who's knocked him down, they often have to, have to be told to get to the neutral corner, do you know what I mean? They can't believe what's happening. But then right. if the other guy gets up, you're like, oh, I've got to do this again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's that, And that's that thing. It's like, uh, it's like you see in combat sports all the time when if there's a, a, a standing count rule kind of a... Uh, engaged a lot of the time like the the because the stress on on people who go through these things like i speak to a lot of like fighters as you might imagine people who do combat sports and like the amount of time that you think that in in kind of real real kind of combat sports like people are putting like eight eight weeks 12 weeks 16 weeks of their lives training for this you're like your life is consumed by the thought of this person that you're going into this kind right. of fight with so the second you hit them with something clean and they go down like all your Christmases come at once. So you're like super happy and you think, oh, this <laughs> right, is over. Yeah. I'm good. I'm not injured. Do you know what I mean? I'm fine. I still know what's happening. And he's done. And that happy and that happy music sums that up. And then he kind of staggers to his feet. And then the the, the, the scary music starts again. And you're like, oh, I could still get knocked out here. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And like as much That's as exactly it's, that, yeah. yeah, as much as it's only yeah. kind of two bits of music, it kind of there's so many bits in this, in in all of these games that really encapsulate um key kind of nuances of just combat sports in general overall hmm. and that's, that's a, yeah. a really overlooked kind of part of it and with you saying like the the developer guy who went to see kind of tyson fight it kind of makes sense that 
that yeah it's it's a kind of jokey it's a jokey kind of whatever genre we might end up calling it kind of kind of game but it's it's rooted in pugilistic combat sports you know it's rooted in like a serious yeah. sporting profession and there's like there's every now and then there's kind of i don't know there's nods to that when you're like okay that does if you watch if you watch like boxing uh, itself you'll see kind of things that do Interesting. that do kind of make sense you know yeah uh, Ryan, I'd like your opinion on this as someone who probably has um, come to it with the most modern uh, mm-hmm. modern set of eyes that, as opposed to my my glasses, which are just tainted with nostalgia. What is Punch Out? Is it a rhythm game? Is it a puzzle game? Is it a boxing game? How do you how do you define Punch Out in your kind of like, you know, when you're when you're genre boxing video games? That's the thing I found the most interesting about playing these games through recently is that I think that they're all different genres from one another in a way like the Hmm. nes punch out was a you know it had kind of some rhythm elements it had some fighting elements and that you were allowed to be you know a little bit aggressive but you were mostly trying to kind of trying to coax out punches from your opponents that you can punish their whiffs you know get to know the the pattern of of their movements and their tells so that you can so that you can punish essentially uh, whereas the Super Nintendo game, Super Punch-Out, was more, it still had all of those elements in it, the kind of rhythm game elements, the fighting game elements, but I think it was a better balance of everything overall. You know, it 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 made um, more traditional fighting game strategies more viable in allowing rushdowns and um, more aggressive play and giving you a little bit more kind of... Hmm. Uh, Mm. of versatility in your your control set uh we'll, we'll get to the more kind of intricacies of that once we get to that game but then the wii game i think was kind of a step towards i don't want to say a step backwards it was a step into a very specific corner and coming up with one thing that we can do well instead of trying to do everything to varying degrees of success you know i i think it interesting it really yeah. double down as being like a reactive rhythm game exclusively then in a way kind of like since super punch out kind of set the trajectory of the series to go in either direction of being more of a traditional fighter fighting game or a traditional rhythm game the fact that punch out on the wii chose to be a rhythm game essentially um, kind of open the door for arms on the switch to be what punch out would have been if they went full fighting game with it so i, right. I still kind of I, I lump arms in with a part of the punch out legacy as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely i was thinking about that today as well yeah yeah it, you could definitely see that lineage for sure even like with kind of how they set up the characters and things like that it was um and some of the animations too it's just it's so we punch out but just you know and from a different perspective but. yeah so Here's the thing with uh, I think that was by the way a really fascinating breakdown, Ryan. Um, yeah. Here's here's the thing that when I played Mike Tyson's Punch Out for the first time, uh, that really sort of made it immediately clear to me this has not really a lot to do with the mechanics of boxing or you know boxing as a whole because the funny thing about the Punch Out games is that you don't move around the ring right you're always stuck in the same position so there's no like strategic positioning there's no corner game there's no rope game there's there's none of that that whole element of boxing is completely cut out it's just you versus the opponent and it's all about the interaction between yeah your uh 
your upper body limbs and uh you know and and your upper body maneuverability yeah it it it's absolutely that stationary experience where yeah. you feel like and and Ben already kind of mentioned or actually I think you McKeel mentioned it about like how the when the sprites come up from the back and get huge yeah. you have the feeling that the fight's coming to you and not the other way around yeah. and I think that's one of the great parts of punch out is when you can feel that swing in the match like where you're once you figure out the tells and you feel like okay now I'm really working them as opposed to the other way around yeah. and that, and that getting in those in that rhythm um, is kind of uh, it's it's like that sweet spot, that kind of Zen moment of punch out for me, for me, that feeling. And we're talking about fighters in a minute is um, the Don, the first Don Flamenco fight in, in uh, yeah. the NES punch out where once you get, once you get him to throw the, the kind of uppercut and you dodge it, you can just knock him out by alternating yeah. left and right uppercuts. And that rhythm of that, that boom, 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 boom. Like it just feels there's something about it. Like yeah. that kinetic feeling of just knocking those. Cause if you're doing it in the correct rhythm, you, you the punches stay fast. Yeah. And like you can, it's just, it, it really can hit that center of your brain. The first time I fought Don Flamenco, I very vividly remember I had a friend over uh, from school and we were trying to crack the code basically because we were not mm. sure what to do because he was not attacking right right like uh he's just standing there coaxing you and then going a little bit back to sound effects again he does that stupid yeah. s- sound effect with his mop, mouth mop, mop. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's just standing there and we're just we're just ex- absolutely yeah flabbergasted we're just like <laughs> yeah. completely stuck on what do we do here and then you figure it out okay you actually need to coax him into swinging for you and then dodge and counter so yeah that was like that was the puzzle element you know figuring out like what do i need to do per- to proceed here it's almost like a zelda boss where you yeah need exactly to yeah. Yeah. so much yep. tension though right like when yeah. nobody yeah. does yeah. anything exactly. you know yeah. real fights are like <laughs> exactly. that like if, you, if you're close to like a real fight like you, lo- lo- loads of stuff happens and then nothing happens and you know you've got people yeah. standing like phone booth distance apart and you're just like what's happening here like someone's gonna get killed in a minute like you, do you know what i mean you're just waiting for, right you're just yeah, waiting for yeah. waiting for like a an unexpected like pocket of violence to erupt like you, and the thing is with especially with that dumb flamenco fight the longer you leave it the worse it gets it seems like that 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 gap lasts forever if you don't do anything you know mm. and it's it accentuates yeah. the whole kind of uh, accentuates the whole thing when you both it's like it's it's so on like you wouldn't expect a game like this to to bring so many different emotions out, but the the, the tension when the opponent doesn't really do anything. It's do you know yeah. what I mean? Bald bald bull is great for that because yeah. he'll do the back and forth and he'll just wait before he spins his fist and throws that jab. And the the timing window on that is can be between like a second and a half to like five and a half seconds. And you would that doesn't sound like a lot when you're thinking there, but when your hand is holding the left directional waiting to dodge, it feels like exactly. an eternity yeah. waiting for him to throw that uh, that jab. It's um it's very good at creating that tension. Don't even start about the final fight versus Mike Dyson. Uh, oh god, it's unbelievable. Shuffles Those in. Uh, yeah, and the, yeah, and the timing that he uh, alternates between. Yeah, it's so many. Like yeah, it's so, we we said about it being like like you say whatever genre we could you could pin on it on this, and there is quite a lot. But like I said before, like there's another element that's very similar to kind of real, not even real fighting, real sparring for for a lot of respects. Like um, mm. if you like if you're sparring with somebody and like you were the limited amount of stand up sparring I've done, if you kind of throw something and and it misses, you have a split second of complete horror when you realize you're probably going to get it. You know, yeah. you realize you just feel as vulnerable as you could feel when you commit yeah. to something that just doesn't work. And it's similar right. in this, like in terms yeah. of you throw a shot and it misses and you're like, oh, here we go. 
I think this is probably before we go into all the characters and things like that. It's probably the good part to talk about the diversity of them um, or the lack thereof or the stereotyping of um, Andrew Elmore from the forum says, I think one of the most prominent elements of punch House legacy at this point is it's wildly brazen cartoon racism. I'm sure this will be discussed during the issue. And at the time of writing this, I've been awake for 26 hours, so I dare not place much trust in my ability to maintain anything resembling coherence at this moment. You're doing fine, by the way, Andrew. But wow, this whole series really is a sequential lineup of xenophobic stereotypes ranging from harmful to bewildering. Much of the character art is strongly reminiscent of aspects you find in violently bigoted right-wing political cartoons in the early 20th century here in the United States. There's an awful lot I like about these games, but they do make me quite uncomfortable all the same. So I agree with Andrew. Um, I, I have, I have a, an absolute affinity for these games as I've already said, but, um, I was playing through uh, on the, on the NES, um, online, um, the, the version of punch out there and I get to some in-ring banter in between round banter between Piston Honda. Um, and this is Piston Honda before he was changed to Piston Hondo for copyright purposes. Um, uh, where he just kind of says four Spanish word or Spanish, excuse me, Japanese four Japanese words. words. I'm sorry, I'm looking at Don Flamenco, thinking of uh, Pisanada. Four Japanese words in a in a row. He says um, kamikaze. It, it, it just was just really kind of out of place. <laughs> like something where I just didn't know how to react. Like kind of like in in my brain now. Now my brain is a five year old. I probably didn't even recognize it, you know, or a ten year old or whatever. But now looking back on it, it is quite jarring. And some of those stereotypes, especially in the visual language, and we get to we punch out, it's almost like it's cartoonized to a point, like almost over acknowledging how mm-hmm. stereotypical yeah. they are. You see people um, flying like with, flying flying down with croissants popping out of their head. You know? Exactly. Yeah, bear huggers literally drinking maple syrup with a grizzly bear in that game. That's not a joke. That's what <laughs> that is what he's doing. So how do we feel about I guess the historical legacy of these games is it's obviously there and it's obviously problematic. Is it something to do us as the arbiters of talking about this video game on this podcast? How do we feel? Uh, where does it fall on that spectrum? Is it is it deplorable? Is it I a think, sign of the times, which is an, an easy excuse for a lot of these things? Um, think, how, how do we feel? I think it's not really for uh, me to say because there's no uh, bu- bu- uh, boxer in clogs, uh, you know, and, <laughs> there you uh, go. <laughs> flying, flying yeah. tulips uh, around and, uh, or anything <laughs> right, like that. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, to me, so I, 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 if anyone takes offense uh, to it, it's fair game. But I think it's just it's equal opportunity stereotypes. And you were talking about Piss and Honda. Of course, the game was made by Japanese people. Everybody gets it pretty much. You know, nobody is off limits. It's also so stereotypical and and dumb. Uh, there's yeah. nothing intelligent about it, really. It's just you right. know like a very base reference point. Like what broad do we know about this country? It's it's so broad. Yeah, that I've, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a, almost a sort certain I don't know childish innocence about it, um, but that's how it comes across to me. So yeah, if, if harmful, problematic. Those are to me still kind of big words uh, that I I find hard to rhyme with something like punch out, which is okay. It's a little bit stupid, just a little bit stupid yeah. to me. You know, the, the game is uh, right. You know, okay. yeah, that, that's my take on it. But yeah, that doesn't mean like anyone else can't take offense to it or anything that's that's all fair of course no definitely i'd, I'd probably say for me it falls more on the, the side of kind of clumsy really than uh overtly kind of but once again like mckeel said it's it's everybody's right to, to kind of interpret kind of these things um 
but yeah, for, for me, like I'm not offended by kind of, I'm not offended to the point where I couldn't play it or personally offended by any of it. I recognize it as a, a, a kind of a product of a certain era, you know, like, um, and I understand that, uh, that our attitudes kind of were different and it's good that we, it's good that we can see that, um, we can identify these things now, you know, like, uh, it shows mm. that, that a lot we're a bit more progressive now um but like i like i say for me it's it's kind of a yeah it's, it's just a bit more kind of clumsy really i like the fact though that um one thing that does make me laugh about it is that um they uh, they changed what's his name's name he said didn't they like soda popinski but uh was vodka yeah, drunkinski but all yeah. his quotes yeah. are still all about drinking <laughs> yes every <laughs> he single makes one he says one about that he can't up, yeah. drive doesn't he yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly I always thought that was funny as a kid. I'm like, you drink so much soda, you can't yeah, drive. Yeah. Do you have to pee all the time? I don't know what's going on there. Um, There's a load of references in there to that, which I thought was quite funny. Yeah. And I do think also that Andrew does make a good point to compare it to um, yes, racist cartoons and the likes, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I never really made that link, so I always saw it separate from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, as just sort of like you know dumb dumb stereotypes, and I, I think for example the Street Fighter games aren't very far removed from this mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, I yeah that's but, true. Uh, but yeah. but but it is. I think if you make that connection between those sort of uh, willfully malicious stereotypical cartoons or racist cartoons, then I think yeah that makes it more clear for me why uh, yeah. why you could take offense to it for sure. It's interesting you said that too because because in making giant sprites by themselves you're already kind of characterizing a human mm-hmm. being. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like so so if you do like make someone of a certain ethnicity or a certain cultural background like like because they are literally making them larger than life like they they accentuate things and i'm sure that that some of that insensitivity probably comes from that neat that feeling at the time them designing the game i'm putting myself in their shoes but like you know you you are already characterizing fighters and human beings and everything so so when you add that element of cultural diversity to it it seems like you're characterizing that culture as well and and i think they are in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways but but i but i see how maybe it the art style lent itself to that and and that's not me excusing it i just kind of see how they arrived there and i think i I want score one for uh even nes punch out is that for example the black boxers in it uh they look look cartoony but they don't look like racist cartoony with big red lips or like sambo faces or anything (laughs) like that thankfully you know so they 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 do like cartoonish rep- look like cartoonish representations of black people, but not like evil cartoonish representations. Okay, yeah, yeah that's the thing. Is what like do you think, Ryan? Comparing this against a lot of the kind of outright racist or at least kind of racially insensitive tropes that we would see within entertainment, whether it's video games or movies or whatever at the time, I, I feel like there is a certain amount of of clumsiness in the depiction of a lot of these characters, and I think probably even more so in the Super Nintendo version. It's a couple of the, I don't know, designs in there just felt a little bit on the nose when it comes to like, again, this kind of political <laughs> cartoonization of, of different people right. groups. But at the same time, like comparing it against other materials of this era, it doesn't feel like they're invoking negative stereotypes beyond just like, this is what, you know, these people potentially look like which is which is not yeah. something that like we should be necessarily proud of but like it is it, it's at least you know i feel like it was really common during this time to have like very very casually in art just like oh the japanese businessmen are buying up all the coastal businesses and the you know 
the Jews and the money and all and like all these like really kind of like stereotypes that are about the character of the people versus just kind of like overall appearances. So like on that hand, like it's a little bit less harmful than like a lot of the stuff that like was kind of contemporary at the time. Um, I and I do kind of it's a difficult task that they were up against because I I do kind of want to applaud the um the notion of having an international boxing tournament and having representatives from the different countries and not having it be like a you know uniquely american thing and so in that way like every hmm, character yeah. is more of like a mascot of the country rather than like a citizen of the country mm. in a way not that okay. it makes it yeah. like a lot better but like i i like that they they had the idea to make this an international thing i like that instinct and I kind of want to just kind of give them the benefit of the doubt for like pursuing that interesting vision, even if it wasn't like a home run. Um, but looking through the characters, <laughs> right. it, it feels like most of the most of the ways that they're characterized aren't necessarily like they don't invoke a lot of negative like character stereotypes of the people other than maybe like uh glass Maybe joe other being, than vodka, yeah and vodka drinkinski but vodka drinkinski yeah, the only yeah. one that i'm really uncomfortable yeah. with is king hippo because he looks so inhuman that it's like <laughs> it, it does feel like a really it, it does feel like a statement that like these people are not humans like everyone else you know he he is like a monster in, <laughs> in those games yeah and i think they they ended up changing that in the um in the Wii version, because he's just from parts unknown now. Okay. Like he just All he right. just is from an island somewhere in the middle him of and the nowhere. Ultimate Warrior. Like, yeah, him and the Ultimate Warrior. Exactly. I was going to say they're from the same place. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, they, uh, the they, Ultimate they, Hippo. They did change that so that yeah. <laughs> even so, he does have the kind of pineapples uh, when he gets knocked. Yeah, he out, does. And, so he and does I was just about to of, say that. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, it's it, that was a wild choice to me. It makes no sense. Yeah. Um, and again, yeah, this is not to to excuse or to um, justify any of it. It's just kind of, I think we all are kind of on um, similar pages with that, but, but also I can see where some of the problematic um, elements come from. On, on a kind of just a quick, um, I suppose Mike Tyson specific thing, like a a timeline thing, this coming out like uh, an end of kind of 87, where kind of Tyson was at that point, like he won the, uh, so he uh, won his first world title at the end of 86, right? So he beat Trevor Burbick, mm. right? And at that point, yep. he stops fighting kind of as much, you know? So through 86, when he's kind of on the run, kind of up, he has a fight a month. He goes from 16, he goes from 16 and 0 to 28 and 0 in 86, right? So like he, and that's, that's a lot of fights, you know? They don't, none of them go very long, but that's, that is an awful lot of fights. As soon as he wins the title, it's kind of a different thing, you know? Like you enter a different stratosphere and you're, you're all of a sudden then he only has four fights in 1987. And this is the point where this game's being designed. And, and it's, it's the yeah. point where every fight he has in 87 is massive and for a world title because he's on the, the heavyweight unification series. He's trying to, trying to win all the belts. So he's not fighting in these kind of small arenas, you right. know? Like, as soon as he beats Burbick, like, he's a superstar then. And then he fights Bonecrusher Smith, Pinklin Thomas, Tony Tucker, Tyrell Biggs. You know what I mean? Gets all the, gets all the belts. And that's kind of the point of it all. Like, it, him here as a, a cultural figure, as well as kind of a, a, a boxing figure, is, is that kind of ultimate crossover, really. And him yep. featuring in a game like this is just another kind of product of that. Do you know what I mean? That popular culture kind of celebrity, really. And this is still the point yep. where, 
he's a kind of cultural icon. A couple of the eighty eight, he goes and fights in Japan. He beats Tony Tubbs, you know. Like he he's, he gets the point where. And the the other thing with him as well is the fact that like they say about like uh, the stuff that happened with them pulling pulling him off the the license kind of later on, all the rest of the stuff. A big part of that wasn't because the stuff that happened in his personal life, which didn't happen until like he didn't get sent down until uh, um, ninety two, April ninety two. Like the trial was kind of earlier in ninety one. As an American living during that time, I assumed that that was the yeah. reason that they renamed the game, but it wasn't actually. His license had run out yeah. before then. I just didn't know that as and a kid. And he lost to Buster Douglas. That's the big thing. He loses in February. He loses in February eleventh, nineteen ninety, to Buster Douglas, and then yeah. you've still got that. Sega was very happy. There you, exactly. Well, what have you got? You've yeah, got like exactly. the Sega Nintendo Wars. Then, so what do they do? They sign Buster Douglas up. He was supposed to work um, for the WWE, wasn't he? He was supposed to be doing a Saturday night's main event yep. um, a refereeing yep. thing, and they got him out and got Buster yep. Douglas in. The final thing about the, the whole Tyson thing is, the funny thing with Tyson on this game is, he doesn't fight like Mike Tyson. He doesn't dodge anything, you know? And that's the whole <laughs> yeah. point. You watch, people have this whole thing about Tyson being a power fighter if you look at his kind of career and stuff, but like his whole thing is the, the peekaboo movement style that Customato taught him, you know? Like he knocked people out. Yeah. Not only because he was a tremendously powerful puncher, but because a lot of the time his footwork got him to places where he could throw shots that they wouldn't see, you know. And that's the art of perfect prize fighting. He just wasn't—he wasn't hittable and could move around to spots. There's, there's a little bit of that with his uh, footwork in the in the game, and his, uh, he does do the hit, kind hit, of shuffle back the, and forth, the yeah, shuffles yeah, in yeah, it in the time, yeah. and of course he hits like Tyson. Yeah, he so does. But like it's, it's the movement thing, you know. Like he doesn't dodge a yeah. lot. Like he fights more yeah. like George Foreman than uh, yeah. he fights more like George. And this is like still at the point where. Uh, he's still got um, Kevin Rooney's original training team. It's not at the point where they've got rid of his management team and then Don King's got involved and they've got rid of Kevin Rooney and all those people. And do you know what I mean? Like when you when you start seeing when he fought Frank Bruno, he got hit a lot. And when he fought Buster Douglas, he got hit an awful lot, you know? And people attributed that to the fact that his style wasn't as movement-based and do you know what I mean? His training yeah. team had kind of changed. Yeah. So like in terms of this game coming out, it's at the perfect time to capture on the the phenom, the cultural phenom that was kind of Mike Tyson. The stars, it's, it's the stars really yep. aligned perfectly to get him in a place where he was athletically and culturally really at his peak. So before we move on to Super Punch Out, um, I would just like to open up uh, any highs or lows for fights from Mike Tyson Punch Out. I would just like to offer up myself that um, I am a huge fan of the Soda Popinski fight. Uh, when he throws his uppercut, he basically takes up 75% of the screen. It almost <laughs> looks like he's laying down when he throws it. It's yeah. so It feels so good. And, and the way his eyes kind of squiggle back and forth when you're uh, giving him uppercuts, is big, I'm a big fan. And um, I still believe... Uh, that the second Don Flamenco fight can rot in hell. I am not a fan <laughs> at all, but I still begrudgingly fight through it every time, and I, I normally end up having to take all three rounds to beat him because his timing just really messes with me. They're all really fun. Uh, I also like uh, to fight Bald Bull and Mrs. Sandman. Mm. Especially Mrs. Sandman feels like a, an honest, tough but boxing match. You know, there's yeah. not too many shenanigans going on, but it's uh, it's pretty damn tough. A super macho man is crazy. He's uh, he's pretty much uh, yeah the wrestler superstar Billy Graham. Yep. Yeah, that 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 was a really tough fight as a penultimate fight as well, where he, with with his crazy clo- spinning clothesline punch that you had to dodge so many times it took me a long yeah. time to beat him uh, in the end but uh, I, I i felt so proud and i felt so 
because when I got the NES, that was my first home gaming system, and I still had to really develop my hand-eye coordination. So I wasn't really super skilled out of the gate. So it really felt like a huge conquest when I finally managed to beat him. Nice. I really like Bald Bull in here. Uh, the Bull Rush in particular, you know, when the uh, Super Punch Out shifted to a lot more kind of an over-the-shoulder type of camera, whereas this one was almost like a bird's eye or almost like a like an isometric type of view uh, where you're given a little bit more kind yeah. of that upper perspective. And so when the bull rush is coming yeah. at you, I had a much easier time kind of timing out where I need to yeah, get yeah, him yeah. back versus in Super Punch-Out where judging that depth was a little bit more difficult for me. I agree, yeah. Yeah. I actually wanted to briefly touch on that. I finally beat Mike Tyson this week. After, oh, yeah, uh, that's it was right. Like the, yeah. The the thirty yeah, the awesome. thirty year uh, rematch in the in the waiting, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah it was uh, I I took two hours out for it so it didn't take me too long actually uh, because I maybe I just become better at video games over time as well and I had I had coaching from uh, a guy that I know from a various uh, shoot 'em up centric Discord service Actane who turned out to be uh, pretty well versed in fighting Mike, Ty- in fighting Mike Tyson in uh, Mike Tyson's punch out. Uh, so he gave me a lot of uh, strategic tips. It's that thing where you fight for two hours and you keep trying and trying. And every time you get a little bit better and you do a little bit better, oh, you start surviving the first round. Oh, you start surviving the second round and then start knocking him down faster. And when I finally beat him, it was crazy. It was actually... I was about to get a TKO on him, but my time had run out in the third round. So I, w- I thought, okay, I need to start this over again. Uh, I-, I need to do it again. But I actually won by decision. Nice. <laughs> Which is also, awesome. you know, you need to score a lot of points to do that. So I was, yeah. during the whole match, I, was only, I only went down twice. Once in the first round and once in the second round. In the final round, I didn't go down anymore. But I just squandered too many opportunities uh, with, you know, getting my stars, but then, you know, getting hit in between. So I couldn't use them to score big damage against him. So I just couldn't, couldn't take him fast down enough. But uh, yeah, that was quite the moment to finally be able to sort of uh, vanquish this demon from my youth, you know? <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. I, I managed to beat him a couple times when I was a kid. Um, I haven't beaten him as an adult um, not in the, the in the original format. I have to get back to it at some point. Um, I can get to Super Macho Man pretty much without thinking, and then uh, but then Tyson, oh boy, yeah. or Mister Dream, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, well, congratulations, McKeel. Uh, I'm glad you were able to van- vanquish your childhood demon <laughs> and uh, and uh, and knock out Tyson. That's a, or, or win by decision. Yeah. Which uh, honestly, that's how I won most of my fights in title defense mode this most recent playthrough of we punch out but we'll get to that in a minute yeah so super punch out the direct sequel coming out september 14th 1994 north america january in uh 95 for the eu and japan um much later march 1st of 1998 which i found surprising However, it was developed by Nintendo R&D 3 and published by Nintendo. Um, Genyo Takeda moved down from director to executive producer and director's roles fell to Makoto Wada and Yasuyuko Oyagi, excuse me, Yasuyuki Oyagi, uh, programmed by Masato Hatakayama, uh, artist again, Makoto Wada, but he is also sharing artist role with director role this time around. And composers were Takashi Kumagawa and Masaru Sakibara. 
it was received fairly well. IGN gave it an 8 out of 10. GameSpot, a 9 out of 10. Um, on IMDb, it has a 7.3 out of 10 with 183 votes. Uh, the interesting thing from this era is that I couldn't find anything on sales. I looked it up about as much as I could. I found that, and maybe, Ryan, you'd be able to speak to this a little bit more than I have, as having hosted many more episodes than I have. Um, in the 16-bit era, sales numbers seemed fairly guarded. Uh, seems we were able to get them a little bit more in the digital era just because of more access to information. And early in the 80s, it seemed like they were just reported on more. But in the 16-bit area, I, w- I was having a-, a lot of trouble finding sales numbers. Um, we're just going to put four question marks and just know that they at least sold four copies to us at some point. <laughs> or unless Ben was pirating it so again. Those games are too hard at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so as far as the gameplay, it's it's set up almost exactly like um, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! or Punch-Out! featuring Mr. Dream, except for the fact that um, there's a fourth circuit. That in order to uh, unlock it, you need to go four and O in the world circuit to be able to do that. So you'll be able to have to complete the world circuit without losing in order to unlock the special circuit. Um, and we'll get to that. Um, before we get to fighters, anything like that, we're going to talk about kind of the major gameplay changes. Um, we already kind of talked about it. Ryan kind of um, described the over the shoulder view. Little Mac is not so little anymore. Little Mac has Little Mac's shoulders are defined on the gear, hundred percent on the gear. There's no drug testing there, is there? <laughs> yeah, no, he is Little Jack, Jack, Little Mac, man, honestly. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, the game has more lateral movement uh, with uh, enemy boxers jumping from left and right, uh, sometimes from rope to rope, depending on who you're fighting. Yeah. So a lot left right movement, um, less kind of from the back of the ring to the front of the ring as he had before. But but the 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 big sprites and it's kind of like the move sets that they have are, are much more varied as opposed to having star punches that you could store up. Um, you build up a KO meter, much like the arcade game. And you and I always forget this. And Ben, you pointed this out to me when I was streaming once. I'm so used to Mike Tyson's punch out. I always just default to the super punch. But when your KO meter is full, you can either have a super punch or a series of rapid jabs that you can use, which really does make some of the options in certain fights open up for how you would tackle specific fighters that yeah. you're going up against. And also, once you reach the S, it stays there until yeah. you get hit again, mm-hmm. right? So you can until keep you on. Uh, exactly. Yeah. You can keep on doing heavy damage. So it's an interesting sort of shifting dynamic during the fights. The whole game is much more like the arcade games, of course. It's almost like yeah. a like a, a very late home port of Super Punch Out, you know, but then you know hugely expanded on. But the whole structure of Mike Tyson's Punch Out, uh, yeah, it's not really a follow up to that game in in some aspects because the whole structure is much more like the arcade games. There's no multiple rounds. Uh, yeah, right. It's it's just, it's just uh, yeah, much more like that sort of short shorter. Uh, arcade uh, experience here absolutely yeah um so i guess that's my my first and kind of main question as we talk about super punch out is how do you feel it stacks up to mike tyson's punch out um do obviously the graphical uh, performance is is much better because of the move from 8 to 16 bit system but as far as the gameplay itself um there's there's a lot of similarities. Do you like the changes? Are we are we preferring Mike Tyson's Punch Out, or do you think that Super Punch Out made changes that made the game better to you? Why don't we start with uh, you, Ben? Because I know that you've you've played a lot of Super Punch Out throughout the years. Yeah, like um, it's weird because this is the one that I compare all the others to. It's like it's weird. Like I imagine with Mikhail, obviously he probably compares a uh, 
Uh, Mike mm. Tyson's Punch Out is mm. his kind of center of the whichever one of these series you've paid the most of, I imagine. You know, like it's going to be yeah. your yep. kind of kind of focal point. Um, so I'd played a lot of this before I went back and played anything like. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and I still haven't played it, even a comparative amount, but enough of of Mike Tyson's Punch Out to make a. Do you know what I mean? To make a, a more of a fair comparison. The thing that gets me with this um, that's that's different is, and it goes with the. Um, Kind of goes with the fact that it's uh, more modern and the technology's kind of uh, evolved a little bit. Is the fact that the the hidden stuff on this is kind of such a big part of the game in terms of you say about the the meter on the screen with the super meter, but uh, another meter on the, that isn't displayed on the screen is uh, every enemy's got like a dizzy threshold. Each character has got a different kind of dizzy threshold, and if you hit them with a certain number of consecutive punches in a certain amount of time, they'll go into a dizzy animation. And when they do that, oh, yeah. a super punch <laughs> within a couple of frames will KO them completely or knock them down completely, even if they're on. And these are kind of these get harder to exploit the further into the game you get. So, like for example, mm. like somebody in the first couple of fights, like someone like uh, Piston Hurricane or somebody like uh, his is fairly easy because you can like kind of jab him. Uh, uh, seven times with like left jabs and then he'll do a dazed animation and you can hit him with a super punch and then knock him down completely like um, further on into the game even not even that further on someone like uh, Ball Ball for example has got a much more complex dizzy kind of mechanic when you've got a kind of a you've got to use certain kind of di- and once again different punching mechanics you didn't have in the original so like um, if they throw a, 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 a right if you throw a left at the same time you'll dizzy them because not dizzy him to completely, but you'll stun him for a second that'll allow you to get more stuff because it's a counter punch. Right. So that that mm. counter punching kind right. of mechanics kind of very interesting. Nice. And obviously yeah. there's more yeah. options with regards kind of dodging and kind of things of that nature. You've got kind of shifts to the left and right, high and low blocks and ducks, you know. There had to be a lot more, you know. But it's but it's uh, like McKeel said, you make a very good point. Like it's done in a more arcadey way, I suppose. Yeah. Like yeah. um in, in that kind of fashion. But um the funny thing with with it is that like for me is the the more kind of I like when I had it at the time, I remember beating it and being really happy with beating it, but not being able to beat it without losing. And then my thing was like, well, I want to beat all the, I want to do sixteen and zero because there's four leagues of four fighters. So and I remember practicing and practicing and practicing and trying to get good enough uh, to do that. And obviously there's and they didn't even I, I can't imagine that this was part of the part of the kind of plan really. But um, by putting a time attack mode in, which opened up as you then won the leagues. Obviously, mm-hmm. as you might imagine, the speedrunner community behind this is absolutely insane. Like when you watch some yeah. of the people do this, uh, do this at a, a really kind of high level. Um, and as I for got Mike more, Tyson's punch out also by the yeah, for, exactly. Uh, by oh, the way. Yeah. Mike Tyson's yeah. punch out like blindfold stuff doesn't make any sense to me. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's as Jedi as that's the thing I I can say about this game it, it, is that it does feel much like um, fights can go a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. When in Mike Tyson's punch out, it really felt like you knew each phase just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And in this fight, because of what you said, Ben, with up and down dodges, lateral movement, kind of the dizzy animations, as you said, different different ways to to be able to keep your special without getting yeah. hit and, and things like or keep your KO. It really does add a lot more variety to each individual fight. Yeah, exactly. And there's like him. Um like with with kind of uh, with all the games, really, there's there's people who are there's people who can't be knocked out. So like you can't knock out Ball Ball, for example, like KO him, KO him. You can't get him to a 10 count. Mm. You've got to TKO him. Like right. uh, you've got to knock him down three times. Like there's no there's no code written to knock out Ball Ball or Mister Sandman. Yeah. Right. Um, but there is for like uh, both the Bruiser Brothers, who are like kind of the last bosses. Mm-hmm. 
So like there's loads of interesting kind of bits like that. But with Bull Bull himself, like there's ways of uh, I think like I I, I sent uh you McKeel a video the other day. I think my best time for Bull Bull on Super Punch Out was like ten and a half seconds. Because I was very proud. I sent uh Ben, a screenshot of uh, knocking out Bob Bull in 40 seconds. <laughs> All right, you made me sound like a yeah. bit of an idiot there. Like, I didn't do it because of that. Like, it's not... <laughs> I thought, oh, I did a Bob Bull uh, speedrun. And as soon as I said it... To put things in perspective, I haven't played a lot of Super Punch Out, so I was already happy with getting that sort of time without <laughs> right, having fought yeah. him very much at all in Brilliant. the game, you know? You make me sound yeah. terrible. Like I've seen your achievement and gone, that's really good. Here's mine that's four times faster. Pick that out. <laughs> <laughs> that really wasn't that really wasn't the thing behind it. But yeah, like the, there, Wasn't it? There is a lot <laughs> There is a lot of him um, that like when you watch people um and like I got way like I didn't think that I'd I kept coming back to this and kept coming back to this. And I saw people play it at a super high level and thought to myself, Well, I'll never I I'll probably never try and, and get like like speedruns or anything. But one of the first things I did when I started streaming it was a thing where I tried to beat it with um, uh, an average time of less than 60 seconds for each fight. So like um, uh, I had like a spreadsheet thing set up and every time I beat somebody, I'd put the details in and then it worked out what my average was. And I kind of did it eventually, but you do it through knocking out the first guys in about 10 seconds. Do you know what I mean? And giving yourself like a big window. Whereas at the moment I'm working on a clear where I actually beat everybody in under 60 seconds. Like 16 nice. and 0 under 60 is my kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which I'm oh, kind of, awesome. yeah, I'm, I'm not too far away from it, to be honest. And that's the level that you can, like with any of these games, you know what I mean? And that, I think that's the, we'll, we'll probably speak about all of this in the series, is the fact that there's just a really kind of, um, a really surprising level of depth to these games um, as, as a kind yeah. of series, yeah. uh, be they kind of a bit rhythm action or a bit boss rush or a bit arcade yeah. or whatever. Like if you want to kind of put the time in to learn how to play these, you know, if you want to be like, yeah. uh, if you want to be like, like Matt Turk, you know, like uh, you can, uh, there's, there's really, there isn't a lot of, a, a lot of kind of limitations as to, as to just how good you can get at these, you know, like when, like we said, right. like, yeah. there is literally, not even joking, there is literally videos out there of people beating Mike Tyson blindfolded, you know? Yeah, just to iterate on that a little bit, uh, Leon uh, was playing along a little bit for, for the show as well uh, and was uh, discussing or his findings uh, in, the, in the Slack and he called it a QTE game as well, which, mm-hmm. which yeah. these games are to a certain degree because there are tells and response, uh, responses. But even in Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, there are ways to sort of Take your turn earlier, you know. Uh, break break patterns of uh, of the of the boxes and counter punch them, and you know stop their their regular patterns. And there's like you can do quick dodges as well, where you pr- quickly press up on the on the controller after dodging sideways, and then hitting. You know, there's this hidden mechanic of hitting with uh, with rapid punches. And in Super Punch Out, I think there is. A lot more, like Ben was saying, like the counter punches of hitting with the opposite fist, for example. And uh, yeah, you can you can really you don't have to wait and sit around in a super punch out a lot with the fights. Once you know how to uh, you know exploit certain uh, phases in the fight, you can sort of like t- take way more of an aggressive uh, approach. And that's also when I was playing it over the last couple of days, what kind of did me in because I was playing the game way more aggressively than I was playing uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, uh, where it would have just helped me a lot more if I would have just initially, because yeah. playing on my first time through, sort of more observe the boxes and wait yeah. and, and respond rather than just trying to see poke holes in their defense all the time. Everybody get your bingo cards ready. Um, 
much like the From Software games, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out is more of a Dark Souls in the sense where you're focusing on defense, while Super Punch-Out is like a Bloodborne where it rewards your aggression in certain ways. So The guy that coached me on the, uh, on the Mike Tyson's uh, Punch-Out, on the Mike Tyson fight, Actane, he actually told me that uh, Sekiro is a direct descendant of the Punch-Out games. <laughs> Oh, really? That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. So, Ryan, um, I hate to be a one-trick pony, but you've, you've got the most recent gaze on these. So how do, how do, you, how do you feel in comparison to uh, the NES version? Yeah, I think I'm going to echo a lot of what Mikhail said already. And, you know, what I'd said in the uh, kind of previous wrap-up is that, like, this game feels more like a fighting game. You know, in, um, I was able to kind of pull in... I've been playing a lot of fighting games over the past couple of years or so, getting into like Guilty Gear and Street Fighter and like all these these games and it kind of put me in that nice. headspace. And um right. and so this one, you know, whereas the NES game and especially the Wii game feel very much like uh tests or tests that a test of reaction and learning patterns and um knowing, you know, how to react to any given scenario, like this one. Uh, the Super NES game gave you so many more tools and such a more kind of versatile toolbox of punches to use. And and especially like the transition from the star punches to the knockout meter, I think is so exciting. Just mm-hmm. in that it gives you like a choice of two supers to use fighting game terminology to use once that is fully charged up. And then the the fact that you don't like lose it right away. And the fact that like it is still kind of a fragile thing that you have to kind of protect and hold on to which might change the way that you choose to approach the fight um in a midway once it's kind of starting to charge up once you're getting excited for because once that does charge like it really does swing the favor of the fight like you can feel the entire atmosphere shift in your favor um because you just have such a powerful tool at your disposal but yeah overall it's it's a game that you can still continue to play like what I've been calling the punch out rhythm game in a way where you can play it super reactively or you can get in there and you can do rushdowns in a way that you can't in any of the other punch out games. You can do mm. more kind of aggressive. Um, you can, you know, catch opponents. Uh, you, you can uh, you can be so aggressive that you can kind of catch them off balance. You can you can do things that um that you just can't do in any of the other games. And I really love it for that. And I don't think that just because of the way that it works, like it is still the big cartoony characters that do give these big obvious tells. And so I don't think it would work as a multiplayer game in its current format, but I think that it's as close to multiplayer viability as, um, as any of these games have gotten. And then, you know, like I said before, like, play arms like they use a lot of the same kinds of mechanics that were starting to kind of be developed in here and that one is a more kind of viable multiplayer game so i could see if they continue going in that direction something like arms is probably what we would have like ended up with the variety of fighters here is is much different and not just in Mm -hmm. in the amount of fighters uh but in kind of their tactics um cornelius smith from the forum uh, says after numerous years of exhaustive of exhaustive undercover journalism, I have come to the conclusion that boxing is corrupt. <laughs> Super Punch Out and the Dragon Chan opponent are my case in point. He kicked me in the <laughs> face. This is an egregious affront to the otherwise squeaky clean reputation that boxing has worked so tirelessly to achieve. 
All joking aside, the sense of satisfaction I felt after beating this level was pretty special, and ironically, I beat the game thereafter with nowhere near the same level of frustration. I'm not sure if this was put in place as a skill check or just a cheeky fourth wall breaking nudge nudge wink wink. Um, yeah, so in a kind of a there was definitely some supernatural elements to like Great Tiger and a couple other things in the in the in Mike Tyson's punch out, but they really do break the mold in Super Punch Out, where you have uh, Dragon Chan jumping off the ropes, mis- a mass muscle spitting Spit in you your in face. face. Yep, Ma- Mad Clown throws his juggling balls at you. Um, Hoy Carlo literally has a stick in the yeah. ring. Um, Hickey Kagero hits you with his hair, right? Hickey Kagero hits you with his hair exactly. Um, yeah, so it's um, so they do kind of go more into the cartoonish aspect yeah. of the characters, and and I and guess that, that follows through from Super Punch Out the arcade game as well, because the original yeah, Punch Out sure. had more like standard boxing opponents, and then the arcade uh, follow-up Super Punch Out had yeah the likes of uh, Bear Hugger and you know just more ridiculous opponents that use yeah, more cheaty exactly. cheaty ways to win. Yeah, and it's kind of yeah, fun Dragon that Chen that first... was in Super Punch Out the arcade game as well, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, that was like one of the, the fun revelations of, um, of super punch out is the second fight is bear hugger. And so the first time, if you're a Mike Tyson's punch out player and he opens himself up and you're thinking King Higabo and you go to hit him in the stomach yeah. and you hit get bear huggers up and he just laughs at you yeah. Yeah. and you're just kind of put back on your heels. Like it does, it subverts your expectation in, in, in certain ways which I really like. Um, yeah. how do we feel about the move towards more, um, cartoony characters for myself? I think it, I think it's fun cause it lends itself to more variety in the fights and 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 that's kind of what yeah. gives these games legs um i think so think? too yeah and and it's it's good that super punch out is different from mike tyson's punch out in so many yeah. ways because you know um you don't want it to be too much of a retread right you want it to be yeah, a little absolutely. bit fresh as well i think my favorite part is is kind of the character the character that gets injected into the characters is kind of a redundant statement but uh like for example super macho man like the fact that he's literally treating his fight with you as a workout and he calls out his exercise yeah. routines as he's doing them and everything like he just comes in with just dripping with like uh, just narcissism. And well, I mean, not to and, and then that, that rolls right into Narciss Prince, who literally the way you enrage him is by punching him in his beautiful face and he turns <laughs> red and cards down yeah I, there's something about that that i really do i, I don't want to not identify with but it's like it makes the characters more memorable in certain ways um like i'll never like the hiking Gagero hair flip and and uh in fact i would say and this is one of the points that i was kind of building towards is like i kind of the only fighters that i that i don't really like are the the kind of the two bosses nick and rick bruiser they're just kind of so generic i kind of get that like um I think the the thing for me, like you said about Narciss Prince, like that's interesting because like uh, we go to the thing as well at the start where we say, are these kind of puzzle based games? There's a distinct puzzle there, you know, in terms of yeah. you yeah. can't beat him unless you hit him in the face. Like the time will run out. You can't KO him with body shots. You haven't got enough. You probably could, but it's incredibly, you'd have to be incredibly specific with it. And that's something else as well. Like, so he'll like dance around and kind of throw shots. Um, the quickest way to do it is to wait till he throws a, a jab and you can throw a counter jab and you'll hit him in the face with that. Mm-hmm. Um, 99% of all his other shots, uh, if you throw a jab, he'll block. The only other way, the only you can dodge and hit him, but you can't dodge and hit him to the face. You can dodge and hit him to the body. The only big, like, days in animation you can get from him is on his uppercut. So on his big uppercut, you can dodge right. that and then you can catch him to the body once, which will stun him, and then you can hit him to the head. 
and then he enters a different kind of and then in and there's a lot of characters like this who've got um, and it goes to the development and also to kind of the, the software power really they've got the ability mm-hmm. to program different phases of characters you know like uh, and you saw this yeah. in Mike Tyson's a little bit do you know what I mean? You'd see guys mm. like come back as different fighters or you'd see guys who'd fight differently after certain things happened. But within this, it's kind of a lot more pronounced. Yeah. Like Mr. Sandman, for yeah, example. For sure. Like that's yeah, another reason yeah. why you can't knock him out because of his third round phase, you know? Yeah. Same with Ball Ball. Yeah. You know, like his third round phase is just doing the bull charge, isn't it? And a lot of these guys have got multiple kind of uh, multiple phases within fights where you can, and it becomes another part of that whole thing of uh, kind of, uh, what you do programs the what the the opponent's going to do, you know, like um, yeah. like you you've been able to kind of uh, manipulate the AI a little bit by kind of uh, by kind of doing stuff like that. Um, yeah, there's there's some great moments in there um, where like interrupting characters' special exactly, attacks yeah. for for quick knockdowns or quick knockouts, like like uh, Bob Charlie when he does his three spinning uppercuts, or um, and uh, even with Aaron Ryan, who it seems like anytime you super punch him, he um, does the grab. He's going to come down and take you right. But if you use the super, if you use the quick jabs, you can get in a lot of work on him and 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 kind of take him down quicker than normal. I even it's, found um, uh, that uh, Mrs. Salmon was pretty weak to uh, the rapid uh, rapid jabs yeah, as yeah. well, like the yeah. rapid punches and uh, super. Yeah, you could do a, a lot more damage to him that way. Yeah, and then and then even and someone who's um, also testing your dodge or uh, your blocking ability, like Hoy, Hoy Carlo, like really, you need to know with his stick pattern where he's going yeah. body to face or face to body first, and then which side. And and if he if he actually if he does his kick and you're dodging that, you got to come back. You have to hit him with the right first because he's on the right yeah, side of your body. Thing, it just, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of variety and nuance there that that does translate to we punch out, which we're gonna talk about in a minute. But um, but it does kind of take that next logical step in the development from Mike Tyson and and kind of gives you more of a I don't know, playground just just these more options to where you feel like it can go in a lot of di- different directions despite the pattern working of it it's um yeah it's yeah exactly and that's one of the key things you say about the hitting people on different sides of the screen the key difference between Rick Bruiser who you fight first and Nick Bruiser who you fight second is a uh, uh, Rick Bruiser when he's dazed um he'll just stay central whereas Nick Bruiser if you daze him he'll go to one side of the screen. So if he goes to the left-hand side of the screen, you have to throw a left to bring him back in. If you throw a right, you miss because okay. he's on the other side of the screen. So like, yeah. there's a lot of kind of bits like that. Um, that 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 like um, like Hoy Carlo is another great example. Like uh, when he does the uh, jump off the screen, um, an easy way to daze Hoy Carlo is when he does the jump off the screen and hit you with a stick attack. Right, mm-hmm. whatever side he lands on. If you do the rapid super punch for, for that, because the rapid super punch to the body starts from the left, the rapid super punch to the head starts from the right. Right. So whichever yep. side he lands on, if you go st- after he finishes his animation of the last one, if you go straight into the uh, the rapid punches uh, for the corresponding side, you'll get his day's animation from that, like every time. Nice. And then you need to know to be able to uh, to kind of knock him down yeah. like that. But like you say, there's still yeah, there's still wild. kind of people like who uh, who kind of can give you trouble on on random one super macho man who yeah, like you say, comes bowling into this looking like a cross between Bruce Forsyth and Wayne Lineker, right? Very British references there. <laughs> Um, who like uh, <laughs> that um, that spinning punch? Like, there's not a lot of telegraph on that, and it's it, it's uh, completely yes, I random. I know who both of those guys yeah, are. Yeah, it's completely for sure. <laughs> for sure, right? Oh <laughs> yes, those 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 fellas. Yeah, Bastions of British Bruce culture. Bruce Forsyth was a was was a TV presenter, right? With a massive chin. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Good <Yeah. laughs> Like um, yeah, that's funny. Super Macho Man Super Punch. Like, uh, there's nowhere near as much of a wind up on it. And the thing is, he's got a quicker one as well, which is. Which is an absolute nightmare. Uh, 
And when he does it, yep. there's only a quick shout from the exercise patterns as well. And you have to know yep. that A's jabs, B's body shots, C's uppercuts, you know? Yeah. And the problem with them is they all combo as well. So if you eat one, you're eating four of them. Like, yeah. uh, yep. And then when he backs up to do his like hurricane punch, if he if he kind of jukes once, he's going to do multiple. Exactly, yeah. But but if you dodge quick, like he's going to do the first one, it sets you up from getting absolutely blasted. If he's doing the multiples, it's yeah, it can yeah. be it can be pretty tricky. Like, that's that's kind of my there's a frame window on him super. when he does that as to when he's going to go. So it's not the yeah. same every time. So like right? if you're waiting yeah. for that, if you're waiting for that dodge, he can kind of he can kind of like, and that's another point like we said in the in the the original like that tension of you just waiting to get hit you know what i mean Those, yeah. that time seems to last forever because you're just like yeah gotta just kind of you're relying on your own reactions to see that uh kind of see that see that kind of shot coming like and, uh, yeah. and those delayed punches where you dodge too early that's terrible. Oh, it's the worst yeah, isn't that's it? the you worst yeah exactly exactly yeah, this is i think it's amazing that uh they really fleshed out the mechanical mechanical death in uh in super punch out but yeah. what i do miss is that it's one round fights only you know you don't get the sort of yeah. the, yep. the, me- the mechanical death is bigger but you don't get the strategic death of the multiple rounds that you had in mike tyson mm punch out where you can yeah. sort of try to when you're doing that you can try to wait out the round and make sure that you don't get TKO'd for example yeah. you know? and, and no, that, that no sort decisions of either no decisions, yeah. Yeah. no decisions yeah so you, you don't, don't run out you don't win well. you lose a yeah. big part of that we yeah. haven't really talked about too much is a big part of the year uh, of uh, Matt Tyson's punch out is the fact that if you miss a load of punches then you can't throw any for a while right and you have to rely yeah. on yeah, exactly. you have to rely on your ability and to that's, dodge. That's the same, yeah, yeah. And that's the same in Punch Out We too. Uh, yeah. the, the heart, the heart gauge. Yeah, that's yeah, it. We never talk, we, it's amazing. We didn't talk about that. Um, yeah, yeah, that that's big in the Don Flamenco fight too. Um, yeah. that we were talking about before. So um, I, I do yeah. miss that, and with that also uh, comes like you know a, a little bit l- less characterization. Because it's just the fights. That's it, you yeah. know. In Mike Tyson's punch out, you got uh, the iconic Doug Lewis by your side, uh, telling you all about the Nintendo Fun Club, like <laughs> Ben was saying earlier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. Uh, you know, doing the training sessions in between uh, in between circuits, and yeah, it's I do miss a little bit of those flour- flourishes that makes a, a lot of the character up of uh, Mike Tyson's punch out for me as well. Well, it, it pains me to have to move on from Super Punch Out because I feel like we could talk about it uh, for a long time. Um, but uh, we we need to move on because that was fortunately not the last game in the series. Um, Punch Out We uh, came out May eighteenth, two thousand nine, in North America. May twenty second, just a few days later in Europe, and then about two months later, in July twenty third, in Japan. Uh, it was not developed by Nintendo. It's the first one of these games to not be developed by Nintendo. It was developed by Next Level Games, uh, published by Nintendo, directed by Jason. And Kaur and Mike Englehart, produced produced by Jared Johnson, Ken Yiloy, and Kensuke Tanabe. Uh, designed by Jamie Ip and Matt McTavish, programmed by Todd Stribal, artist Eddie Visser, writer Naoki Mori, uh, with composers of Mike Peacock, Darren Radke, and Chad York, working with the themes um, uh, that were kind of made popular in Mike Tyson's Punch Out, which we will talk about. This game has a lot in common with. Andrew Elmore from the forum says, I assume the NES game will be well covered, but I find it interesting that the Wii game has become growing in popularity in recent years. I picked it up at a thrift store. Sorry, charity shop. I almost forgot what podcast this was for a moment on a whim some years back, vaguely aware of its positive reputation. Sometime later, I popped it in, gave it a spin and very quickly found myself having a fantastic time. There's something so satisfying about the near rhythm game nature of Punch-Out's pleasantly frictional inputs. Granted, it's no God hand, but what is the animation freezes and sound design work in tandem to sell 
every impact so effectively. The art direction as well is so strong and in hyper-specific cartoonish, cartoonish aesthetic. Everything it has of this almost semi-transparent, gelatinous, candy-coated sheen to it. All-around delightful game to pick up and play, provided you have a CRT. And Alex79UK says, I bought Punch-Out for the Wii many years ago and never got around to playing it. So the first time I ever played the actual original game was on the NES collection of the Switch Online service. I thought it was excellent, very simple and easy to get the hang of, but incredibly tough towards the later stages of the game. Super Punch-Out was a nicer looking version of the same game, but recently I've been playing the Wii version with my children after seeing them enjoy Wii Sports Boxing. I did the classic, if you like this, then try this with them, and they indeed enjoyed Punch-Out for the Wii. We play it on motion controls, which I thought was interesting, Uh, so it's a decent bit of exercise after a few rounds too that is interesting i'm not opposed to motion controls at all uh contrary to a lot of people that like to call themselves hardcore gamers but i don't want to <laughs> but i don't want to try motion controls for punch out you know i want a yeah. direct button response for this yeah 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 uh, uh from metacritic uh no open critic scores which i thought was interesting because it is a pretty modern game but open critic didn't have any gatherings there on uh, metacritic uh had an 86 out of 100 of uh, compiling 62 review scores also on Metacritic with user reviews has an 8.6 with 137, excuse me, 137 user reviews. And IMDb is an 8 out of 10 with 118 uh, user reviews. Sales, uh, what we could see was uh, 1.27 million and it was part of the Nintendo Selects program. Uh, one of the interesting things about this, uh, w- one of the many interesting things about WiiWare in general, is that Doc Lewis's Punch-Out! was a standalone spinoff title and prequel. It was released on WiiWare as a Platinum Reward member for Club Nintendo, or uh, the, the new iteration of the Nintendo Fun Club, so it eventually paid off. <laughs> the game takes place prior to the main game and has Little Mac sparring with Doc Lewis through three matches of increasing difficulty. It was made once again available to Club Nintendo members on February 2nd, 2015 as a purchasable coin prize as part of the service's closing promotion. The first time in five years, there was a five-year gap before It's never made it to Europe. Oh, it didn't? Really? No. no. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah. We Punch-Out is, is definitely more of a sequel, in my opinion, to Mike Tyson's Punch-Out than to Super Punch-Out. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to, to jump on Oh, is that what you're saying? Go ahead, Nikhil. Yeah, yeah take, you have the floor. Take it away. No, I just wanted to say, like, it was clearly uh, meant to, yeah, cash in on a nostalgia that people had for the 8-bit uh, Punch-Out game, you know, which was probably the more popular one of the of the two that came out. I remember also there being on this forum I was frequenting at the time, uh, this uh, hip-hop music-focused f- uh, forum in the tech section, there was a lot of excitement about this game like people were dusting their Wii's off to get uh, to get to play <laughs> yeah. punch out on the Wii and yeah it definitely had that sort of feel good nostalgia thing to it and ultimately that's kind of what put me off to it because i wanted to see some more new things in it but right. but now that i've finally played it a lot it is such a fun game though even though yeah. it it does hark back a lot to the NES game almost to a fault but yeah it right. with, within yeah. that it's really good yeah i i agree completely um uh, we're we'll talk about it in in just a couple minutes here um the the first thing i want to talk about is the gameplay changes um so it's it kind of is a step back like you said Mikhail. um it takes away um, some of the lateral movement and super punches, no KO meter this time. It goes back to the heart meter and it goes back to collecting stars. Yep. Um, the only change in that is that when collecting stars for your super punches, um, instead of there being as many super punches as you had stars, it's basically a three starred system. Yep. If you have one star, it does a certain amount of power, two stars does more power. And then three stars, which is the most you can have, does kind of like the ultimate super punch. 
yeah. which takes off the most um, power in one shot. But it is it's just like a, the kind uh, of, stacked magic system in Golden Axe. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, how many how many how many bottles do you have? <laughs> and then you hit your button, you kind of blast through all of them. And and, and that's it. Yeah. Three circuits, uh, much like the first uh, by, by the original console game, should I say, um, with minor circuit, major circuit and world circuit. But it, it, it kind of hides a, 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 a couple modes there. We're going to get to in a minute. So as far as uh, controls go, I played with a sideways Wiimote. That's my same. preferred way to play. Anybody else? How do you do? I did motion controls. No, exactly the same. <laughs> oh, you did motion? probably why I had such a hard time with the later stages, like especially so- Soda Papinski. Like he was too fast for me to react uh, with the motion controls. But I, I okay. felt like you know if, if they're going to produce a punch out game on the Wii, then it's because they want people to use this kind of like one to one life mm, scale. And so yeah. I, I wanted to give them a chance to like play the game in the way that they probably intended me to play it. So uh, yeah, motion controls right. for me. Funny because I, I always saw it as the uh, the sideways sideways Wii remote thing as the intended way to play because I thought it was such a throwback mm, yeah. to the NES game. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. What I found, Mikhail, and I wonder if you had the same problem that I did, is that the difference is, is that the deep somehow the D pad on that Wii mode is actually smaller than the D pad on the original NES controller. So it's, uh, it's thinner, right? Yeah. Yeah. My my input control is really off as I've been playing through over the last couple of weeks. Like there's lots of times where I go to duck and I just go left or right, right. because I just it's the input is so the windows oh. there are so small um that i that i kind of had trouble with that I, I i didn't have that trouble uh no? yeah and i th- i was playing over the weekend again also on a uh, widescreen 16 by 9 ratioed um uh crt television so oh, it was really? pretty Interesting. pretty damn spot on it felt really good yeah, yeah. nice so yeah, so the main mode is kind of very similar to uh, Mike Tyson's Punch Out um, on the NES. It's what they call contender mode, where you work your way through these circuits and eventually becoming the champion of all three circuits, culminating with the final fight in this game being Mr. Sandman, which I thought was an interesting choice um, because of of the previous games. Super Macho Man was kind of the final fighter before they added Mr. Dream and M- Mike Tyson to the original game, but Mr. Sandman was the final fight. Um, and he looks thought- a little bit less cartoonish, right? His head is yes. not as his head is not as yeah. big in the previous games yeah. <laughs> yeah um it and in fact like you said before mckeel you alluded to only one actual new fighter to this Disco entire game kid, kid. Oh, <laughs> and donkey kong but we'll talk about donkey kong in a minute yeah yeah and that's a disco kid that's another one um where there's some some issues with with some kind of maybe insensitive dialogue and things like that um disco kid is presented as very very flamboyant yeah. At one time, asking your character if you were Richard Simmons, um, it, it is it does border on some problematic territory there. With right. The disco oh, I didn't get that. I was wondering: yeah. is he intended to be, you know, homosexual, or is he just yeah. flamboyant? I wasn't. I wasn't right. quite sure. Yeah. If you manage to fight your way through the three three circuits and and defeat Mr. Sandman, you enter what's called title defense mode, and this is where the game, to me personally, became much more interesting because. It's not just harder versions of the same character. I mean, it is, but the fights are almost incredibly different. So rather than only having 13 fighters, this is essentially like having 26 different fights. Yeah. Because the fights become so different and so varied. Um, For example, if I'm just thinking from the first circuit, um, Glass Joe, who was a very easy fight in the in the first round because he's the first person you fight. He comes back with a sparring helmet on. Yeah. And so head punches don't do anything to him. Unless, yeah, protects his jaw, unless you have super punches um, yeah. to 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 use against him. 
And when King Hippo tapes a manhole in front of his belly button, <laughs> yeah, exactly. a manhole lit, then you know yeah, all bets are off. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Piston Hondo, who formerly Piston Honda, is a really great throwback to the NES version because he changes the color of his tights and headband, which is the exact way the second fight with him happened in the original game, which I thought was an interesting um, yeah. bear hugger has a squirrel friend under his knit cap that <laughs> uh, lets you know when you can get super punches. Um, under it's kind of interesting. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, but it really does kind of offer 26 unique fights, which I thought was interesting because I, when that title defense mode started, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to fight the same guys again. And what I found, and I, McKeel and Ryan, I'm sure you found it the same way. I know Ben didn't play as much of this one, but th- those title defense fights are, are very difficult. Yeah. And to the point where I found myself, like, I lost to, this is the first time around. And, and even this time again, like, I, I would, I lost to Glass Joe a couple times before beating him on the title defense mode. And, and every fight was kind of, because it challenges everything you learned the first time you played through the game. Yeah. And kind of turns it on its head. It's very interesting. It's almost like an arcade game design where you have a first right. loop, which is challenging. And then there's a second mm-hmm. loop for you where the challenge is ramped up to, okay, Let's see if you can actually beat this, you know? We're, we're um, just, it's like the designers are throwing down the gauntlet for you. Like, yeah. we don't expect you to beat this, but it will be quite the achievement if you do. Yeah. Um, the, the second, the title defense mode, Great Tiger Fight, has, has some of the more interesting design elements of any fight in the game where um, it, it was that on his head dressing, his, his gem would flash before he threw fights, uh, before he threw punches. But in the title defense mode, depending on what color it flashes is the type of punch he's going to throw. And so if it's blue, it's a, it's a quick uppercut from the left. If it's green, it's kind of a delayed uppercut from the right. And it's just like, and then he'll flash a series of colors so you know what punches are coming. It, it makes for some very interesting and really quick reaction scenarios that I found myself having a little more trouble as a 38-year-old playing yeah, yeah. than there's, I did. There's a lot going on, as yeah. A, yeah, as a, as a 30-year-old, um, or excuse me, a 27-year-old the first time it came out. So, um, yeah, quite a lot going on. Um, so if you were able to get through uh, contender mode and title defense mode, um, you unlock what's called Max Last Stand. Mm. Uh, I'd like to call out Yoko Taro right now for stealing something from Next Level Games for Near Automata. Because in Max Last Stand, you fight 10 opponents and you have to beat all 10 without losing, and that'll unlock Champions Mode. Donkey Kong is a secret fighter in that mode. Yeah. But if you lose three times in Max Last Stand, your save file is deleted. Just gone. Poof. Bastards. Yeah, bastards, exactly. <laughs> We, when I was working at Nintendo, we actually uh, we knew that Donkey Kong was in the game, but we're not supposed to discuss that with anybody. It was on, <laughs> under heavy NDA. I don't uh, feel yeah. bad. I don't feel um, bad for all that piracy now. Scumbags, yeah. <laughs> absolute yeah. scumbags. Did, did McKeel, Did you he- or Ryan or uh, no, Ben? I, I never he- got that far. No. Anybody fought? I fought Donkey Kong once. I was it? A- absolutely destroyed. Um, got destroyed. I'm determined to get back to it on Dolphin Emulation so I can mm, save yeah. state it to experience <laughs> the fight. Because it feels like I'm feels like I'm missing out on some punch out history in my head. And yeah. uh, but one Fighting of the interesting Donkey things, Kong, though, that is rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A and gorilla. he destroyed me. Who does and that? I didn't want to do it again because I didn't want to lose my save file because <laughs> I spent all that time beating title defense mode. I didn't want to. Yeah, uh, it's brutal. What's interesting is that it's, it is it is a much more of a throwback to Mike Tyson's punch out rather yeah. than super punch out. It feels so good to play, though, right? Like it the, does. the so animation I, and the impact of the hits is just like, wow. It, and if yeah, if the, there is any way that this game steps it up from the previous points, it's there, you know, just in just how it feels. 
I think the animation and, and it's something I didn't put down, but I, but I meant to discuss. And I know that we're running short on time just because of the volume of the games we're covering. But the the animation and in this game is is still kind of looking back and now now it's a 12 year old game or almost a almost a 10 uh, 13 year old game but it the animation in this game rivals animation of games today mm-hmm. still in yeah. a lot of yeah. ways um yeah. uh, granted it's on a limited scale right i mean it's just in ring fighting there's not we're not talking we're not tra- traversing different environments it's just kind of different three different gyms basically or arenas and then and then the fighters but like I, I was fighting Don Flamenco last night in the in title defense, and just like the the, the when he goes Carmen Miamor, and he kind of does the canastas <laughs> with his uh, boxing gloves. Like every frame of the, between the gloves and his face and his eyebrows, and then the kind of the damage that's done to his face over the course of the fight. It just it looks incredible to this day. It yeah. it looks it looks like this game. Like if they were going to release a switch punch out say they're going to make a new punch out i would i don't expect it to be much of a step up visually from this just maybe more hdified but yeah i can't really complain much about the visuals in this game what what impressed me so much also was these uh kind of reactions the boxes had like they they uh with their punch and then you're opening they're open up to a counter and you hit the counter and that's exactly when they respond with an uh-oh and a, like a right, shocked yeah, facial exactly. expression or that sort of thing, you know? <laughs> like they have a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of crazy transitions and in-between animations. It's absolutely astounding. Yeah, the the yeah the sound designs definitely, um, especially in some of those fights in title defense. Um, I would know what punch combination Bear Hugger was throwing, not because of his animation, but because of the voice mm-hmm. voice line he said. Yeah. So it really does a good job giving you those tells and maybe some more modern ways that were not available yeah. in the NES version, but but kind of masterfully done. Yeah. It's also cool how about voice that the uh, boxes all speak in their native language as mm-hmm. well. Like uh, Great Tiger, all the Hindi that he spouts is really funny because I was playing it one time when we had some Indian friends over and they were laughing their ass off at Great Tiger and all those Indianisms. (laughs) Oh, God, that's funny. (laughs) I think that this game is kind of primarily kind of an animation showcase. And, you know, this this team in particular, the team that built this game, went on to do Luigi's Mansion 3, which is also just a a stunning Mm -hmm. showcase of character animation. And uh, I, I feel like that is really like what got them interested in doing this project in the first place, if I can kind of guess as to their mindset, because there's so much passion that's put into bringing these characters to life and to making them expressive and giving them so much character that like, you know, they've always had throughout the series, but like this one really amps it up and and really kind of uh, presents something special. The animation is so solid and you know i i will say that like yeah on my recent playthrough on a wii u plugged into a giant television like i i did see like there is definitely room for improvement as far as like the polygon count in the models like it, it, it was very noticeable that these are relatively low poly models compared to games that we would see nowadays especially games with a very kind of limited scope like a one-on-one boxing game right but considering right. that limitation the work that they were able to do with the animation, with the characterization, the voice yeah. acting, the sound design was so strong that um, even though parts of the tech uh, were kind of clearly aged in a way, like there was something that felt kind of timeless about uh, about this experience. No, I, I I think that's that's well spoken. I, I I do agree with that. And 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 what I found now, and and uh, Mikhail and Ben can probably speak to this as well. Um, 
I've always gone like been a creature of habit when it comes to punch out and it, I go back and I play the ones that I know the most. So obviously I've played the most of Mike Tyson's punch out because I've known it for 30 plus years. And, mm. and then super punch out afterwards. I have the familiarity with that and, and watching Ben stream that kind of convinced me to try my own 16 and 0 run and do a couple other things. But but now when I, I've gone back and play this again soon that like I think that if I were going to play punch out tonight, I might play the Wii one just because. It feels the most fresh, and I feel like I'm. I have the most to learn from that. How do you feel, Mikhail? Like I've been been through it recently. It's uh, tied with me uh, between Super Punch Out and Wii Punch Out for sure. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just playing them both of them more over the past week has uh, really, you know, opened my eyes again to what I love about these games. And yeah, just the fact that I know these games far less than NES Punch Out has made me realize, yeah, there's so much to discover and to enjoy. Yeah. And preferably without the threat of an imminent deadline for a podcast recording. So I can <laughs> right, actually, exactly. I don't yeah. feel rushed and I can take my time to try and figure out the patterns and figure out yeah. the tells. And I don't feel tempted to reach for a walkthrough or a tutorial video or anything right. to uh, to get through them faster. So I'm yeah. definitely I'm definitely thinking about streaming a bit of this game over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, I definitely want to out, yeah. stream when I get back to hook him up my old hardware again i want yeah. to stream getting an actual ko or TK, tko uh, on mike tyson rather than oh, rather nice, than yeah. uh, rather than winning yeah. by uh, decision only you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'll it's, definitely it, do the that the funny thing is though mikhail like it's harder to win by decision yeah that's what that's what my my coach told me as well it's actually he there's, said there's it, more time for stuff to go wrong mate yeah he said like it's actually more impressive that you managed to last like three rounds exactly. incomplete right. and only got knocked yeah. down twice and won yeah. by decision yeah. that's, that's way more right. of so that, a, that a made me feel, that, made, that made me feel better yeah that, yeah exactly it is. That's <laughs> tough, man. that made nice. me feel better about winning by decision it is. Actually. oh boy is it ever yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> now, we're just gonna round out with a couple pieces of correspondence and we'll get on to our three-word reviews um andrew elmore again says Punch-Out! is one of those auxiliary Nintendo franchises that hasn't seen much light in quite some time, and frankly, I'm not sure what else they could really do to revive it at this point. ARMS tried to do something a bit different, even if nothing about it was necessarily to my personal taste, but were I charged with the task of making a new Punch-Out! game now, all I could imagine doing would be dropping the bigotry and accounting for the input lag, so there's at least some version of the Punch-Out! formula that will be easier to bring with us into the future. Actually, I probably just try to redirect those funds to a new F-Zero game from Amusement Vision, but I digress. Hmm. Um, Alex79UK says, I think Punch-Out! is a highly enjoyable series of games, and whilst later fights can sometimes feel a little unfair, there's always a pattern or tactic to learn which leads to success. I can't imagine there's much life left in the series, but I think ARMS is possibly the closest we've come to a new game in the similar style on Switch. And Joe Bobonobo rounds us off by saying, Overall, Seeing Little Mac going up against his towering opponents almost makes Punch-Out look like a more lighthearted take on Shadow of the Colossus. And it could be that it could be that tireless image of the mighty hero conquering the larger, stronger opponent that helps the series as a whole endure as much as it does to this day. So, as always, we put out a call on Twitter uh, for three-word reviews of the Punch-Out series. So we'll start here with McKeel. Christopher Love says, above the belt. Peter Cleave says, culturally insensitive pugilism. That King Rocks says, watch for tells. Peru El Campion says, super boxing perfection. Talc33 says, rhythm combat examination. Jobo Bonobo says, fisticuffs with stereotypes. Black Mama Jesus says, stick and move. Cornelia Smith says, kicks somehow allowed. <laughs> Toonskatoon says, complicated technical knockout. Alex79UK says, punching faces rules. Ben Klein, I'm too slow. No Jason Only Zool says, easy, easy, impossible. Mr. Liama Fluff says, puzzle in disguise. 
Robin Enrico says, sequels remix perfection. No more Spiros. Hippo remains king. And finally, Atik Bhagwan says, follow the pattern. So, just kind of left for us to summarize here. Why don't we start with Ryan? All right. Uh, going back to my history, had played the original Punch-Out uh, a while back and the uh, Wii game a little bit more recently and then the Super Nintendo game very, very recently. And so, you know, I'm at kind of different points with each of these games um, in my experience and time with them and the amount that I've grown up and had to think about them. But in my um, kind of a recent replay of the series, I was surprised to find that um, the Super Nintendo one was really the one that captured my heart, the you know, versatility that it gives you in play style and the just the, the sprite work is incredible. I mean, I always, you know, that was never in question, but uh, man, Super Nintendo um, version really kind of does some pretty incredible work when it comes to the uh, the artistry on display there. Overall, though, I'm um, it's a little tricky. I'm a little bit cooler on the series than I kind of hoped that I would be. And I think it's because it does feel so kind of prescriptive um, that everything is so reactive, which is a totally valid aim. You know, I, I'm not, not meaning to kind of knock the series for that, but I, I think that there is a lot of kind of mechanical depth in there. And especially in Super Punch-Out, there's a lot of kind of versatility in what you're able to do and accomplish that, uh, you know, such cool mechanics that can be used for this kind of third person over the shoulder boxing type of um, type of setup that I'm almost a little bit kind of disappointed that it is a, it is a boss rush instead of being something that i could play multiplayer in the same way that i would like a fighting game or something like that like i i just i feel like the the replaying the games is always about kind of like honing an idea that i already understand rather than reacting to new situations which is kind of the fun of fighting games for me personally and so i i think it's probably just kind of a just kind of a case of perhaps looking for the wrong thing in a series that is already a very complicated mix of genres and um, and influences. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I was very interested to, um, to have played through them and especially was very happy to have finally played through Super Punch-Out. And um, I, I definitely would recommend them. It's just not something that I see becoming a part of like my Saturday night rotation, you know. Very nice. Thank you, Ryan. Um, Mikhail, why don't you tell us how you feel? Yeah, tying a bit uh, on from what uh, Ryan was saying. Um, so we, we sort of dance around what kind of game genre uh, Punch-Out belongs in. And uh, when you boil it all down, it, it is pretty much a boss rush game, right? Like Ryan was saying, boss rushes. Like you have these one-on-one -on -one fights against singular opponents and uh, against singular opponents and you need to crack the code you need to figure out the patterns you need to figure out how to respond to certain things and more importantly where the proactive thing comes in you need to figure out how you can if at least if you want to go to that depth fight the fights faster and go on the offensive and how you can break through the patterns of the uh, of the opponents they're very complicated and fun boss fights that way sort of bringing out what I like most about a good boss fight in any sort of uh, game genre. 
I, for example, also when I was playing, I sort of see because Mike Tyson's Punch Out is a game I played so early on in my home gaming journey that uh, I kind of see a lot of, uh, I, I, Compare a lot of things that I see in other games to Punch-Out. Like uh, we were talking about the From Software games, for example. But also I was playing the Cave Shoot'em Up Pink Suites in which uh, there's a simple core mechanical loop of where if you don't shoot, you build up the shield in front of you. Uh, and then once you press the fire button, you deploy that shield as a bomb. But that shield guards you from bullets. But then once you, uh, but you, it doesn't guard you from incoming missiles. For example, you need to shoot those down. Uh, so when you get into boss fights in that game, uh, it becomes this thing of shielding up, letting loose, firing, and the boss fights in those games mm, are yeah. not uh, set in a certain pattern. So bosses will change between firing missiles uh, at, at sort of semi-randomized and change uh, between firing bullets. And it really reminded me of the sort of dynamics of a punch-out fight uh, in a shoot-em-up, for example. So, yeah, it, it's uh, it's such a, such a formative uh, game for me, Mike Tyson's punch-out, for, first and foremost. And it informs a lot of my thinking about video games in general. And these games are just such joy for me. And I'm, I'm really happy that this podcast has given me a reason to actually, uh, you know, not only get my act together and finally beat Mike Tyson, which had been a, <laughs> life, a lifetime in the making, uh, but also just, uh, yeah, give me a good reason to return to the, other, to the other games in the series again and put some more time into those and discover their inner workings and their, their final moments. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's super rewarding for me and uh, legendary. Nothing really tops the legendary status of Mike Tyson's punch out for me. It, it has Mike Tyson, for example, and it's just overall iconic. Uh, but uh, yeah, the rest is just uh, at least equally as good and uh, worth exploring. Well, I'm going to go here. Just I'm going to be about as brief because I've talked way too much for my personal tastes over the last little bits here. Happens when you're hosting, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I just uh, I'm getting sick of my own voice, but. I'll never be able to separate uh, Mike Tyson's punch out from the nostalgia of playing it with my brother or sitting inches from the TV, writing down patterns of punches and stuff. That's 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 in my video, personal video game Hall of Fame just because of my the context that it was in. But if I'm I'm putting on my critical lens towards it, I, I do think it it's a really effective um, boss rush puzzle fighting game, whatever we want to call it. Um, uh, but more than anything, I think it really does tap into a lot of the reasons I like video games to begin with, which is just kind of the overall learning a thing and then attempting to master it repeat. Um, I think it it does that loop really well. And I think that's just more exemplified by my recent playthrough of We Punch Out because it it tapped back into that again. It made me kind of realize why I love games like Cuphead or Fury. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it does it does that thing so well of like it's less of bashing your head against a wall until you figure it out. And that's part of it. But but it's also just like being OK with losing in the service of learning something. Yeah. And and it's almost never that you do worse than you did previously. Right. right? Exactly. Like every, yeah. every time you reattempt to fight, you make a little bit of progress. And I do think those earlier games, it can be punishing, but it can also be rewarding. So, so yeah, I think I think that if you go back to play Mike Tyson's Punch Out itself, it can be pretty hard and it can be can be tough to get into. But as far as like if you've never played these games before, Super Punch Out and We Punch Out, I think are absolutely dive right back into those. Like they're they're 
it might be harder to get back to the original Mike Tyson's punch out or the original punch out featuring Mr. Dream and, and have success there. But yeah, I think these games are, are they're essential to me anyway, personally, but like critically uh, from a critical perspective, I think that there's something definitely there for, for anybody um, who likes any type of competitive game. So yeah, I think it's, I think they're great and I love them. So Ben, why don't you round us off here? If I had to, every single person who's listening to this, right? If I took all you good people to the top of a really tall building in a neighborhood right now, every single person, right? And you could see all four corners of this neighborhood. In one corner, like you see people playing football. In another, there's basketball. Maybe in another, there's hockey. If, in another, if there's a fight, how many of you people are going to watch that fight? Most of you, right? Because fighting and violence is in a DNA, you know? We're hardwired to kind of accept this. No one's ever got beaten up and then thought, I could beat that guy at table tennis. The bug stops with violence, you know? The bug stops with fighting. And organized violence is kind of the best kind of, of, of that kind of uh, art for me. And this is what these games are. Like, it's cartoony in a lot of respects. It's fun. But you're trying to knock people out, you know? And, like, the, all of these games are different because they do it all in different ways. Some are more arcadey. Some are more cartoony. Kind of the original maybe has a more kind of a strategic element to it while still retaining uh, gameplay elements of a, of a more kind of a, a Nintendo-y kind of style, really. But the end goal in all of these games remain the same thing. You've got to separate people from the senses, you know? And uh, when you kind of break it down, I mean, we all need to do that every now and again for me. If you've got the time, then you should play these games because they're all really good. And you'll soon find that, uh, that uh, yeah, beating people up is just about as much fun as you always thought it would be. <laughs> uh, that, was a, that was a great way Thank to you. end. Thank Re- resident advocate for violence. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it remains for me, Brian, to thank you, Ben, for that. And thank McKeel and Ryan, as well as our correspondents. And to thank Ryan again for editing this episode. And, of course, you all for listening. And the next time in issue 502, we pick apart all the pieces and attempt not to step on any of them in the Lego series. (laughs) 